get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Oh, it's too hot, too hot, too hot, lady. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and uh, I was watching the news this morning, and evidently, on July 26th, it is going to be hot in St. Louis. The bulletin, apparently official, warm weather in St. Louis at the end of July. Just today, it's been hot. It led the news. Right. Like 85 degrees, right, when we woke up this morning? It's a little, thank you, it's uh, gonna be a little warm. Thank you. Was it Kent, I think, was telling me that. Oh, was it Kent? Yeah, I think so. I thought, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was who else? Does? Uh, Matt Chambers, I think. James, that's it. That's who what's it his is. nickname? What do we do? We call him James. Jamesy. 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 Okay, because we, we got Tempe over there, right? Yeah, Tempe. Mm-hmm. Kenty. Kenty. Yeah. We give him hockey nicknames. Erhart. <laughs> it's it's it is hot outside. Oh. Hot and so hot and hot. Erhart. time Ken- in Hart. 99 to 2003. It's just a great time. That Randy. was fun. Oh, man. Also, it's, it's kind of mean, Randy, fun. just like to play that multiple times because, like, the kick, you just like that, that you, the kick oh, yeah. you get at the end of that I is know. just, it's, you're not getting the kick, and I need it for the morning. Hey, uh, it's 701. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, almost 702. And we have been able to avoid on this sports show talking about the Cardinals for nearly two minutes. Wow. Yep. Proud of us. Got the weather. Got Channel 4. Talk Channel 4 Meteorology Department. You see, we're we're like the news. We're bearing the lead a little bit. You know, they're just kind of starting off with weather, and then they get to the meat of things. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah, Consistently, John Mosellock's favorite show. Right. Exactly. I I heard that. I I heard that. You know, in movies sometimes, well, let's do this. Okay, we'll play it this way. Uh, We've all, through either uh, desire or osmosis had to run across not had to we have run across those uh hallmark christmas movies right mm-hmm. uh yes. successful woman goes back home to small town meets high school boyfriend <laughs> it's usually christmas great job. time yeah right offer a great job in the uh in the big city uh debates goes back to the big city but then says no i love my high school boyfriend goes back to small town very predictable <laughs> that is your 2023 st louis cardinals <laughs> So you're saying you knew what was going to happen yes, when Stephen Matz exactly. left the game and then the bullpen took over. Yes. You saw it the night before. <laughs> we sure did. I don't we want sure to keep seeing Cardinals it. are a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you saw it the night before. I want, I want something else. I want something else. I don't want another Hallmark movie. I don't want to. I don't want them to be this predictable. But we all know that it was You're, coming. This is what you got. Yep. Exactly. This is now, why I hate Hallmark movies. Here's 
something that you don't see every day from the Cardinals. They find a different way to, to achieve the end result, <laughs> which, by the way, is, again, credit to, to Hallmark. Sometimes they find a different way to achieve the end result. But to give Stephen Matz the lead, how did they do it? The stretch and pitch, he's running. And a swing and a miss. The throw to second. Runner coming home. A strike to the plate late. Donovan steals home. Ooh. Yes. A stolen base of for home. We stole a run. And then he got to show off the flow, too. Did you guys see oh, that? Yeah, it's oh, magnificent. He's competing flow. with Taylor Motter for the best hair. Oh, well, no, he's got way better hair than Motter. You think? Motter's oh, yeah. is really long and straight. That's the problem with it. Yeah. It looks like a... A, a, a what? <laughs> Well, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say a, a, a greasy-haired singer from a rock band that doesn't wash his hair. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I'll go with it. I'll go okay. that way. Okay. You, you did. You started there. You might as well. Finish. I might as well finish. There you go. So back in the day, obviously. <laughs> back in my day. Well, not even my day, but our day. Miles Michaelis had magnificent hair. Oh mm. yes. I don't think there's mm-hmm. been a Cardinal that had better hair when it was on than Harrison Bader. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say like Harrison, Harrison Bader. Bader. Yep. Had the best good, flow. Good Donovan now, right? Mm-hmm. Donovan's is not. I mean, it, it's it looks like the mm. right texture. Yeah. It's, he's doing pretty good. And job. I I think Taylor Motter's hair right now kind of fits what Brooke thinks of him as a player. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, we gotta have, we have to have something to say about him, right? That's, I was trying to give him a compliment. I like Taylor Motter. He's a guy that is oh, he's, fighting, he tries hard. his way yeah, through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for, for guys like oh, that. Oh, I do too. Seven and, teams yeah. in six years or 16. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> give and, me that guy. And you know what? He's making, what, 750 grand this year? Sorry, I, I give that's him credit that's for my guy. somebody thinking he's good. That's really impressive. <laughs> That's not uh, where I was going. So, uh, what? He convinced somebody that he's good enough to play at the major, or he found a team where he is good enough to play at the no, major what league was it level. That Mosellock said that it was mostly finding a player that was comfortable with just not not, not playing. playing. Yeah, that yeah. wouldn't say anything about that. Yeah. So the Cardinals have the lead one nothing, and then for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's the front office and the numbers people that decide they don't trust pitchers, or if it's. Ali Marmol that decides that he doesn't trust pitchers. But Steven Matz was fine in his last inning, the sixth inning. He allows no runs. That's like shutout ball. That's really good. That's like as good as you can do if you're a pitcher. Not allowing any runs. He allowed five hits. He walked one and he struck out six in only 93 pitches. And the Cardinals decide, oh, we don't trust this guy. So they bring... uh, (laughs) They don't. They don't. Essentially what they said. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, they really said that. Yeah, they, they did. So they bring uh, Jojo Romero into the game. And Jojo Romero has an inning. And then he has another inning. And, uh, well, the, the, the other inning didn't go too well because the Cardinals brought Chris Stratton into the game. And Chris Stratton had to face the uh, pinch-hitting rookie of the year for the Diamondbacks. Fly ball to center. Carlson going back to the wall, and he won't get it. McCarthy's home. Here comes Canzone. Corbin Carroll with a two-run triple. And that made it 3-1, and that was the final score. Now, just a point of parliamentary procedure here. What were what did you guys think when the Cardinals removed Steven Matz from the game? Don't have a pinch hitter anymore. We, we've got the DH. Didn't need to pinch hit for him in a 1-0 nope. game. So what were you guys thinking when they took Matz out? Why? Why do we keep doing this? Why do we keep hitting our head against the wall? Why do we keep doing the same thing and expecting different results? At some point, you have to take the paper, Mm -hmm. ball it up, Mm -hmm. 
and throw it away. Yep. Shoot it in the basket. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Small paper that they keep pulling out. No. I, I get it. At times, this will cause philosophical differences that will get people fired when people oh. actually try to manage their team. Is that what happens? Mm. That does happen. That has happened. That has happened. Yeah, doing the same thing over and over again is pure madness. Right. 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 It, it doesn't make any sense. And you and it's like what you were saying, like a Hallmark movie. You know exactly. You know the ending. You know, the ending. You know that she's going to end up, you know, with a small town boy and leave the big city behind. Mm-hmm. In this case, though, it's the bullpen's going to implode. Yes. And a poor Scr- Chris Stratton. I mean, he's been pitching a lot. Who else is in this? Do you think when they get that well, call, Chris Stratton's like trying? <laughs> to hide in the corner where he's yeah. like maybe if I don't make myself noticeable then they won't they won't call they me don't know again. I, I was because wondering who else is in there I, right? that's a great question where's it I mean I, well I mean that's a good question who who is in there that's left because well Hicks threw 27 pitches the night before very okay. responsible use of the closer um <laughs> Is Palante they, still around? What, didn't Palante. they call up? Didn't they, they call, call up Suarez? Didn't they call up Suarez? They said yeah, on, the, they on the on the broadcast like yeah. last night they didn't want to bring him in because he just got here. That's not. But good. that was the whole point of sending Zach Thompson <laughs> down was to get a fresh arm, <laughs> right, right? Right. Wasn't Swire's that the here. point? Yep. Or right. am I just making that up? I don't know, because that's what I don't know. Maybe maybe shame on me for believing them and what they say when they send down Yvonne Herrera and then you send down Zach Thompson as well, because Zach Thompson pitched, what was it, two days in a row? And then you want to bring up a fresh arm in Suarez. I'm thinking you're going to use him maybe soon. Well, here's the or thing. are you going to make him wait as long as they did with Zach Thompson? How about let Stephen Matz? At least get in trouble in Why the seventh, not? right? Yeah. Find a way to allow him to get in trouble because, all due respect to Jojo Romero, if you put Romero in the eighth and then you can mix and match in the ninth, you've got a chance. But if you have Romero and then you have to bring Stratton in for his seventh consecutive day of pitching or whatever it might have been, then you're going to run into problems. The fact that Ali Marmol put his team, his bullpen in a situation to have to get nine outs, that's managerial malpractice. I don't know if it's on him or if it's on the front office, but that was poorly managed. Well, look at Adam Wainwright the other day. He had a prescribed pitch count of 60 to 65 pitches, and he was allowed to surpass that. I know that Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a different situation where he's able to work out of that inning, but still... If you can do that with one pitcher, why can't you do it with others? If there's this, you're going in with this plan of only this many pitches, why can't you do that for other ones when you're looking at the game and saying, hmm, maybe we should not overwork the bullpen? I think that's a good idea, Brooke. What month are we in? Uh, This would be late July. When did the season start? Uh, It started in April. We said that that when the season started, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Don't overuse your bullpen don't tax those guys so they don't so by mid-july early august they're not out of gas yeah here's some good news though katie Wu reporting that the cardinals have a decision to make regarding (laughs) tyler o'neill on how he fits into their long-term plans and as for now it doesn't appear as if the cardinals are inclined to move tyler o'neill at the deadline oh we're we're not gonna clap for that how many how many outfielders do we have right now 
Uh, we don't have as many outfielders as Tyler O'Neill has trips to the DL, I can oh, tell you that. Also, it depends on how, how many infielders you want to play out there. Uh, this is true. because so it goes, the, number, the number is either five or seven, depending on how you look at it. Here's the way I'm looking at it. How many can play at a time? Well, it's not softball, uh, right? No, you it's can't not. You can't play four. That'd okay, be fun if they could put them all out there, <laughs> that right? That would be awesome. Here's, here's the thing, though. <laughs> if you're paying doctors to treat your team, doesn't it make sense to keep them busy? Mm. Chestnut checkers. <laughs> I see what you did there. Making sure you're getting your money's Making worth, sure. huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't want these guys just sitting here. <laughs> exactly. <That's- laughs> Not treating anyone. That's a waste of money. Tyler O'Neill around. Oh, man. So we do have Adam Wainwright coming up later in the show, Wednesdays with Wayno. We're also going to talk to Jake Zivin from MLS TV, uh, Apple TV Plus in the MLS season pass. And it's Wednesday, so we've got Ask Uncle Randy. And if you have an Ask Uncle Randy question, we would love to hear from you. All you need to do is text us on the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. And don't forget, we're on the YouTube. You can just go to uh, the YouTube.com. So type in, here's the thing, you Nobody should say, unless they're just trying to fill time in a commercial. That's the only time anybody should ever say WWW. Only time. If, if your commercial only goes 58 seconds and you need 60, you say WWW. Are you so, exposing us right I now? Totally Randy? Totally don't, don't expose our secrets. Totally <laughs> oh. <laughs> and tell them Carrie sent you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Wait, okay. Next thing you're going to tell me is sometimes we record interviews. Oh, oh no. That might happen later on some more today, no. as a matter of fact. Uh, so type in uh, like YouTube.com. Make sure it's YouTube.com. And then, uh, not this McKernan stuff. So it's YouTube.com. And then uh, just search us, 101 ESPN STL. Ask Uncle Randy next, and you can watch it here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. I've been around, you know. All right, it's time for Ask Uncle Randy. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service sex line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Matthew didn't participate, and I did. Uh, <laughs> ah. You called him out like an elementary totally. school. I was like, totally. I he actually didn't, turned he my, didn't participate. He didn't participate. I actually turned my camera on yeah. to participate the last time for the first time oh. ever. Okay. So we uh, should get away with it because I'm not on camera. So, and I am going to, uh, I just promised the, the kids on the uh, on the YouTube that I would take an Ask Uncle Randy off the YouTube chat as well. So, right. Matthew, you uh, you get us the ones off the text line, and I'll take one off of the YouTube chat line as well. What do we got for the peeps today? Dear Uncle Randy, I've been actively trying to cut out caffeine from my body, and I've not had any for a week now. It is getting difficult, but I really have relied on it to wake me up in the morning. Should I give myself any leeway or try to push through cold turkey? If you are committed to this, you can do it. I did this before. I got off uh, caffeine for a couple of years, but then I got back, and you know how caffeine just grabs you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you 
have the commitment to get off of caffeine and you've been able to go a week, you're on your way. 30 days makes a habit. If you can go 30 days without caffeine, then you can go for a long time. It's will, it's toughness, mental toughness, and you can do it. What happens is, is that the caffeine industry takes us all in and they've got us addicted. Big caffeine. Yep. But I, you know, and I'll put this up on the the old YouTube. I can, uh, yeah, I, 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 have minimal caffeine in my life now. Like I don't drink coffee at all, um, uh, and there's minimal caffeine in Diet Dr Pepper. So uh, Propel takes care of me, and I'm able to actually uh, be reasonably, not completely, because I'm old, but reasonably uh, energetic even without caffeine. Mm. Hmm. Some of the people that I know that are great morning people and have mm-hmm. consistent high energy don't drink any caffeine and so it makes me wish my mom is a morning person and she is always able to go 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 and she has never drank caffeine and i'm like she would she would tell me she's like you know if you start then it's going to become like where you're dependent on it and i'm like oh, i'll be fine because i love the taste of coffee but it's it's addicting big caffeine got me yeah yeah <laughs> me too. it did like just like big pharma does Gosh. sometimes yep, big yeah caffeine. big caffeine they got me <laughs> Dear Uncle Randy, I recently got a raise and was able to tell my wife she can now live her dream of being a stay-at-home mom. Congrats. I was also hoping this would allow me to be able to golf whenever I wanted guilt-free. Boy, was I wrong. Mm. Was I out of line for thinking that I can enjoy the fruits of my labor freely? You were not wrong at all. And I would suggest that you have a conversation and get a little communication going here and say, Babe, I, I have these things that I really like, and I want to provide you time to get out because I understand that you have a full-time job in taking care of these kids. I'm more than happy to take care of these kids so that you can get out for three or four hours on a weekend if I can do what I really enjoy, and that's get out for three or four hours on a weekend. Pref- make sure that she's not, not I shouldn't use the word stuck with, but I'm going to, that she's not stuck with the kids 24 <laughs> seven. Uh, and make sure that she has time to decompress and get away and be with her friends and utilize that that communication. Use your words and just make sure that you feel like you need to get out because you're working hard and you just got the raise and that you want to make sure that she has the opportunity to get out and decompress as well. Yeah, I, I like agree. that. Yeah. yeah, communication, and I, we don't know the full situation, but communication matters because being a stay-at-home mom does job. require a lot yeah. of work. Yes. Yeah. Especially if they're younger kids. Oh my god. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Randy, my mother-in-law won't allow me to turn down the AC in my own home. What do I do? <laughs> Turn down the AC in your own home. <laughs> That's going to be uh, an argument. Damn uh, right. Unless uh, the mother-in-law is paying the mortgage. Uh, it is 100 degrees in St. Louis, and you say, you know what, uh, Grandma, uh, and I don't know if she's a grandma, but to offer her a blanket or a sweater, but to, yes, turn down the AC, and it's your home. You deserve to be comfortable in your home, your own home, and it's a whole lot easier for her to find a way to get warm when the air conditioner is down than for you to find a way to yes. get cool when the air conditioning is not turned down. Brock, why didn't you read the rest of it? I didn't, I didn't, get, I didn't understand what it meant. I Rook? couldn't. I couldn't, I, I couldn't so, no, can you decipher what they? What are you yeah, trying to say in that sentence? I'm a pair of underwear from a felony misdemeanor to cool off. I'm a pair away. I'm sure is what he's meaning to say. A pair of underwear away. A pair of underwear away. Yes, yeah. I didn't get. I didn't really get it <laughs> from a felony mis. Because he's saying that it's so mm. hot. Yeah, I, yeah. That, oh, I, I got what he was be, going for, but I didn't know how to okay. make the words hey, actually and like. Maybe work. that's the way to just you know to avoid conflict. Is then you just start walking. 
walking around in, in your just underwear? your undies. And Put some clothes on. Uh, you know what? It's hot. Mom, <laughs> mother-in-law, it's hot in this house. Yeah, had he said, had he said I'm just going to threaten her by walking around in my box all day, Basically. I would have read that. I grew up in a house that was, <laughs> was hot much more like concise. That. My mom never turned on the AC. She was uh, always cold. Oh, yeah, my parents were like, it's hardcore. Hard how did you handle that, CD? I, it was warmer. It was cooler outside. So like a day like today, you're like hanging out outside. I'm outside, it's so dang old hiding this house. I took a more millennial approach, which is it's colder in the basement, and I can get my N64 and a TV yeah, down there. Nothing like the basement. Nothing like. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, I want to propose to my girlfriend, but I don't know her ring size. How can I find out her ring size without asking her? Because I want it to be a surprise. Oh, that's Brooke. a good one. I, I can tell you what David did. Okay, that's what I'd with, like to hear. Well, it was kind of a little obvious, but he was like, it, first he stalked my Pinterest page, but then he would keep asking questions and look at some. I always wear other rings, too. And so he would look at the other rings a lot and kind of compare. And then he said something where it was like, oh, my friend's thinking about like proposing to his longtime <laughs> girlfriend. Uh, she has about like the same hand size as you. Good play. Good play. And I'm like, I don't even know what my no. ring size is. I think you just take one ring yeah. that you don't wear often. And take it to the. Yeah. And you to can the get it resized. And yeah, yeah. And, and also that. But take it to the jeweler. See what size yeah. this is. And then you have an idea. Okay. All good ideas. Thank you. Uncle, Ra- Uncle Randy, I told my fiance if Mizzou goes six wins or better by November 1st, that's the move in date for their new house, mm-hmm. I would buy her a dog. How do I console her when she realizes the heartbreak we all feel year <laughs> in and year out as Mizzou fans? <laughs> I would say that the best thing to do. When you're feeling down and you're feeling like, okay, this is just happening again, is to get a dog. Uh, And your dog, despite Mizzou's struggles and their ability to break your heart, a dog provides you unconditional happiness. You'll come home and that dog will be wagging and kissing you and uh, licking your eyeballs and stuff like that. You will love that dog. (laughs) One thing, and name the dog Tiger after the Mizzou Tigers. Or name it... uh, Eli, or drink. Uh, But the dog, even though Eli may not make you happy on a weekly basis, the dog will make you happy on a daily basis. So here's my recommendation. Uncle Randy says, get the dog either way. Just don't tell her. Surprise her if the Mizzou doesn't have the six wins by November. I'm going to go with something like Faro. You know, something no. a little bit more. Faroe. You know, it's how about it's, Gary? It's kind of imagine it's kinda, shouting that in a dog Faroe. park. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Gary is uh, kind of intriguing. Gary, Gary. 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 I kind of like like very like very human names Pinky? for dogs. It's always like funny. Like Fred. Like Fred. I was about to. Say, I was literally just about to say Fred <laughs> for a dog totally is, is a fantastic name. Like Stevie. Stevie. Stevie Nicks. Yep. Party girl. Uncle Randy. I'm going to a cards game in August. What am I looking forward to? You're looking forward to having a great night with friends and family. It's going to be very enjoyable. In August, the weather will be terrific, and you can just have great conversation and enjoy the competition. Enjoy the baseball. We are, after all, the best fans in baseball. We aren't the best fans of winning baseball. We're the best fans in baseball, darn it. So get out there and enjoy ball like a true Cardinal fan. I I will say this. Looking at other ballparks, and this is something that Cardinal players need to take note of. When I watch other teams, when we watch the broadcast, there's no one there. Right. And the Cardinals aren't great, but people still show up. Mm-hmm. You're going to – some of these guys, unfortunately, I mean, well, maybe fortunately, unfortunately, they're going to end up in places where no one watches them play. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be extremely frustrated. So I, the Cardinals do have that going for them. 
when they're playing yeah. well, even sometimes when they're not. Yeah, even when it's they're not, be, people are still showing yeah, up. That, right. that game last night was not packed at all. Uh, all right, here is a, a text from the, the YouTube chat, and it's this one. Uncle Randy, I have a problem. How do I stop needing to watch the Cardinals game every day? I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. Are you not entertained? Right? You never so know. It's, there's, and by the way, the Cardinals still, in all of baseball, have the number one local ratings. Number one. Because of you folks. And it's really, even though it's... Uh, What's the, what's the word for it? it we're, we're kind of masochistic. No. But it's still, to me, entertaining. And I couldn't, I couldn't take my eyes off of Chris Stratton pitching last night because you just knew something was going to happen. And I find it mildly entertaining, even when they lose. And by the way, I'm thinking draft choice here. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm different. But I just... Uh, uh, here, my, I question, first of all, you steal a base. You say, okay, how are they going to blow this one? I think it's interesting. <sighs> so don't interesting. stop watching is my point. Or if you want to be positive, like maybe even CD, you said the other day, like you just stayed up to watch Wayno. Sometimes you just find maybe little things to watch I was, for. I was proud of Stephen Matz last night. We, he's a, we, we are fans of his. He did a very, very good job. Would have loved to see him go out there for one more inning and Maybe get to 103 pitches. I yeah, don't know. I would have liked 100, that. That's a crazy idea. That's nuts. Who would do such a thing? What <laughs> What type of organization would allow their pitchers to pitch 100 pitches? <laughs> Not the Cardinals. What, 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 nope. what are we thinking? Well, uh, yeah, hey, we, 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 we love it here. CD, even in playoff games. What? We stick to that. Oh, hell we no. Stick not, to that. not when your guy is rolling too. Yeah. 98, yeah. you're out of there, pal. All yeah. right. See you later. Yeah. Randy, there was one other really good one I thought from the YouTube chat. Uncle Randy, how do I open a new pickle jar for the wife when I'm old now? I'm 63. Okay, so I'm 60. There are tools that you yes. can get for opening jars. So uh, just go to Amazon, and uh, you, it costs like $4.99 or something. You the one you stick the, under the cabinet? Yep. yep. You, you can do that, or you can get one that has a handle to give you a little bit of leverage mm. to, uh, to do it. And uh, the other recommendation I would have is... Uh, Get yourself like some 15-pound weights and just do some curls and uh, have your forearms be as strong as they can possibly be. Kerry Davis is going to be 90, and he's going to be able to open for the <laughs> <laughs> I might be. Oh, <laughs> who's, who's like Earl Campbell who still like does like 100 sit-ups every day or it's something It's not like Earl that. Campbell. <laughs> not Earl Campbell. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, sorry. I think it might have been Walker. Walker. Yeah. yeah. Herschel probably. Well, we don't. He's not, fun to, he's not yeah. fun to talk about Herschel's anymore. weirdo. <laughs> about aliens and you know is that what he's talking about he now? Was, he's he's a strange bird yeah uh, and then one other from the uh, the YouTube line uh, Uncle Randy separate or combined financing finances in dating in marriage well in marriage three words married filing jointly it makes a big difference <laughs> okay uh, and uh, well dating separate it's that simple it's dating separate married filing jointly. Mm-hmm. I agree. There you go. So there you go. That's Ask Uncle Randy here on 101 ESPN.
By the way, we got a bunch of texts saying if you don't drink caffeine for like the first like 90 minutes to two hours that you're awake, apparently it like staves off the crash. What? I've never heard of that. Carrie, is your point going to be how do you make it? How am I going to wake up then? How are you going to get to the two hour mark in the first place? And by the way, y'all were. That requires self discipline. Carrie's asleep on the page extension. What the hell are we doing here? Hold on. Our fan in Arizona, Nancy, says Coon Ricone. K-U-H-N, Ricone, has a great jar opener. So there you go. Hmm. So uh, people know the jar openers. It's pretty cool. So uh, thank you, Nancy, in in Arizona. Coming up next here on 101 ESPN, a lot of trade rumors surrounding the Cardinals and maybe a non-trade rumor or two, which kind of disappoints everybody. That's coming your way here on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, uh, building off of what Matthew just told you, the great Cardinal reporter for The Athletic, Katie Wu, with a story yesterday that the Cardinals are inclined, according to multiple sources, to not trade Tyler O'Neill to keep him around with the belief that they can all of a sudden turn him into a guy that's not hurt and plays a lot of games. Katie will also reporting that the Cardinals are perhaps closing in on a deal with Jordan Hicks on a long-term contract. Mosellock, Gersh, Randy Flores in Arizona with the team and Jordan Hicks representatives are in Arizona with the team and they've been talking. So there is a chance that by the end of the next couple of days, the Cardinals could have Jordan Hicks under contract and would not trade him. One other quick trade note. Katie writes, the Cardinals remain committed to trading Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty is still likely to be traded. No guarantee that Flaherty will be traded. So let's start with Tyler O'Neill. The Cardinals believe that, and Ali Marmol said, that they've worked hard to find a way to keep him on the field. I wonder what has changed with Tyler O'Neill, who has never been able to stay on the field in his major league career. I wonder why the Cardinals think now they would be able to get a lot of games and a lot of production out of him. I don't think that that has changed. I think that in their minds, one, they have traded away outfielders for far less. And then they're looking on the other side. I think that they still have that burn, that feeling from Randy Rose Arena and Garcia and all. And even Lane Thomas is another name that I've seen brought up a lot. Now, arguably, though, the Harrison Bader, Jordan Montgomery trade worked out in their favor. So I won't hold that against them. But I think that that is something that maybe is holding them back in this situation. And two, I was talking to you about this during the break, Randy. Do you think that they think that with the way that Paul DeYoung, how his value 
value has been able to rise this season that they think they can do the same thing with Tyler O'Neill going into next year. That might be, but if they would get into a similar situation than that, that they have with DeYoung, we know that the only move to make is to trade him at the, to trade O'Neill at the deadline next year or lose him because he's a Scott Boris client. He's not signing an extension. So I, I just don't understand why the Cardinals and obviously if you sell now you're selling low. Maybe the Cardinals are hoping that he has a great last two months and they can move him during the offseason. Maybe they are ahead of me there. But Tyler O'Neill as far as I'm concerned, is not a guy that has shown that he can help you win over the course of six months. He's never been available. And what's the most important ability? Availability. Availability. Thank you. Yeah. So I just don't, I don't know why the Cardinals are so hooked on him. Now, Ali Marmol said to Katie Wu, he's working on being able to stay on the field. We all have to do our jobs to make sure that that stays that way. That means if there's a certain stretch of games where it's favorable to have, have a day off, then we do that because it's important to have him on the field. I think it's a collaboration between him making sure he takes care of his body and communication between the two of us to make sure he's continuing to feel good on a daily basis. And O'Neal says, quote, I want to be healthy. I feel like I'm in a really good spot physically. Have a solid routine that gets me going every day. I'm feeling good in there. To me, it's just getting those everyday reps and continuing to get my timing down. And you can't get that down if you've got a bad back for any length of time. For like, How long do you think he that, has? That, think about a week back. Yeah. He, and he <laughs> oh, just, my gosh. 7.37 a.m. It's already happened. Yeah. Somebody from the 636 texted in, you're a fool if you think a Rose Arena has anything to do with how they operate now. Do no, you think they, that that affects them? Absolutely. It's but they, they've admitted that it does. It, it is a fear of losing a super talented player that either you didn't evaluate well enough or you didn't give good, uh, enough yes. opportunities or maybe you did all of those things and they still went somewhere else and had success. That is a fear. You don't want you know how much backlash the Cardinals received over All-Star break, over All-Star um over the All-Star break because of how many former Cardinals were playing for for other teams in the All-Star yeah. game. That is something and you and you only have one representative for your team there. It, it's something that is definitely in the back of their mind, something 100%. that they cons- con- yeah. consistently are worried about. And But I, I think the issue with Tyler O'Neill is you've seen more than enough. Now, you've seen the very, very good because he's been a top 10 MVP candidate, but you've also seen the very, very bad where he misses time consistently because yeah. he cannot stay healthy. So where is, who who is Tyler O'Neill? And I think mm-hmm. only Tyler O'Neill can answer that. I don't know that the Cardinals can answer that. He has to answer that by showing up every single day, staying healthy, and not being on the injured list. And the thing is, is even we, we hold on to that 2021 season with him. He was injured during that season, mm-hmm. too. So that's the expectation with Tyler O'Neill is that, yes, when he is good, when he is healthy, He's really good, right? He's a great defensive outfielder, two-time Gold Glove winner, of course, Mm -hmm. and he can be good offensively, but his availability is what's hampered him. In 2021, he had those injuries. In 2022, he had hamstring issues, other issues, and then we've seen what happened this year, and that was even with him changing his off-season training program. Remember, because that was a big part of he wanted to be able to stay healthy and play an entire season, so he changed going into this year his entire off-season program, and it somehow ended up worse, and that is a giant concern. It's just interesting because Bob Nightingale reported the other day that there was many scouts looking at Tyler O'Neill and they're probably looking at other Cardinals players too but 
I don't know, maybe some of the offers that the Cardinals are hearing, they think this is very low for somebody that we know has the potential to do more when he's healthy. One other thing we should note is that the Dodgers reacquired Kike Hernandez from the Red Sox yesterday. He'll play shortstop for them, so that probably takes the Dodgers out of the Paul DeYoung Mm -hmm. market. It might leave only the Giants as really serious suitors for DeYoung. Maybe the Dodgers would get in there and try to play him at at second base. But right now, uh, Mookie's playing short, and it looks like they'll probably keep him there and maybe play Kike Hernandez at second base. There's a real possibility in my mind that what the Cardinals, what they value their current players as, other teams don't value them as high. And so now you're looking, you would just be trading away players just to be trading away players. Now, it will help with, you know, creating, getting rid of that logjam that they have at certain positions, but... It's not, I don't think that what the Cardinals think they should get in return, they are being offered in return. And the only real valuable pieces that they have are Montgomery and Flaherty because of the way they're pitching right now. But you're 100% right. There's a lot of teams out there that need outfielders, but you need outfielders that are going to play. Carlson hasn't played. Mm O'Neal hasn't played. The guy, Tommy Edmond, hasn't played. So the the guys that teams would be trading for, they haven't had the opportunity to to see and evaluate in 2023. And, And the guys that teams would want, Nolan Gorman, uh, Brendan yeah. Donovan, you don't want to let them go. Nobody so, that steals <laughs> home gets traded by me. My takeaway from the Katie Wu article, and there was so much to dissect there, specifically with Tyler O'Neill, is that they see from her report that they just don't want to trade to just trade. And that's how right. they're viewing this Tyler O'Neill situation. And maybe they could pull off something in the offseason because she also noted in her article that by keeping O'Neill around for the rest of the season, you feel more comfortable with moving some of the other possible outfielders. They're going to have to move an outfielder likely during the trade deadline. Right. And if Tyler O'Neill comes back and plays 125, 130 games next year and is healthy and shows himself shows us that he has, has turned himself into a guy that can be durable. I will say, sorry. Where does he play You'll those games at? You'll rip your shirt at? open yeah. like he does? <laughs> Where does he play those games at? What position? He's Where? a gold glove left fielder. He's so who's in center? Newt? Uh... Or Edmund. I would say And then where's Newt? Newt I would where's say Jordan Newt. Walker? I would say Newt. Jordan yeah. Walker's, Walker's your right fielder? Right. Yeah. And then you, uh, you, you keep Edmund as your second baseman backup shortstop. Okay. And then Brendan Donovan is your utility guy? Yes. He's not going to play? And uh, backup. The and, utility guy and backup second baseman when Edmund has to go to short. And then Nolan Gorman is your DH because Wilson Contreras is behind the plate. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's a log, there's a log jam there. Yep. There's a log jam. And this is the thing. This is what we get to every time. We play every time we, we every time so we figure bad. this out, it always gets to oh wait, hold on a second. There's not enough at bats the DH now because you unless unless of course you just want to completely sacrifice every little bit of defense. But and to do that, though, you need to change the pitching staff to swing and miss, and everything's telling us is that they're not going to be able to accurately turn around the staff to oh. something that much better by 2024. I thought Wilson called a good game last night for, for Steven Matz. Mm-hmm. Those six innings that he pitched, I don't know what happened in the 7th and 8th. Do you, still want, do you want him to catch 130 games? Uh, I don't think he's going to catch 130 oh, do games. Do you want him to catch 80? I, 80, to, 80 to 100 is okay. sufficient for me behind the plate. And then... Average, just an average DH from there? To, a, to yeah. at least we're feel... Gonna, we're going to dig into some numbers here about okay. this average DH speak with old Mr. Contreras. Okay, good. <laughs> By the way, uh, just as a uh, as an aside here, uh, back in the day, not too long ago, within the last decade... The Boston Red Sox signed a Cuban player by the name of Ruzni Castillo 
to a six-year contract worth $72.5 million. Rusney wound up playing 99 games at the major league level, the rest at the minor league level under the terms of that $72.5 million contract. So you can sign a guy and then just not have him play for you. Mm. Like you think so? Well, I'm talking about a big money guy. Mm. Like maybe eighty seven million dollar guy. Eighty seven and a half million dollar guy. That would be uh that'd be something. Does the does the locations of where you're eating eighty million dollars and not playing a player at all matter? Doesn't matter here. Okay. We got Ballpark Village. (laughs) Raking in cash. Yeah, I think the Cardinals' revenues. Matthew are uh, like right there with the seven hundred million dollars that the Yankees are. So the Cardinals could do a Jacoby Ellsbury contract if they want. Do so you think another like seven million dollar bump in payroll this year? Yes, eight, nice. 10, nice. 15, nice. 20, 25. Oh. You know what? Let's get up to the luxury tax. Let's see if we can be like the Mets. Let's do it. It's not our money, Randy. That's right. I want to be want. just like the Mets. So win some games. Wait. You want to be just like the Mets. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Everybody does, right? <laughs> yeah. Coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. want to say something. want to put it out there. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. We got word yesterday after we got off the air that Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics had signed the richest contract in NBA history. Five years, $304 million. Jalen Brown, the biggest contract in NBA history. Take it or leave it, this is the worst contract in NBA history. Knicks have had a few of those. Uh, uh, the worst contract, well, Randy. I'm I'm gonna have to leave that. There are some guys that you couldn't even name that have made hundreds of millions of dollars. Jalen Brown is the highest paid player in NBA history. <laughs> but Jaylen at least you know who he is. Brown, yeah. You know who he is. You know who he is, and you yeah. know what he can't do. <laughs> <laughs> they, they. I think they had to keep that. I mean, he was due. He was up. So mm-hmm. you know, you had to pay him. They had to keep that core together. Okay, one more. Take it or leave it. Justin Herbert deserves to be the highest paid player in leave NFL it. history. I'm going to leave that one. Joey that. B has to be, no, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Thank you. He's salivating right yeah. now. home watching. They said, good job. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's true. Yep. Good job. I guess yep. they are excited because then oh, that yeah. means even more money for you coming yep. in. And then Patrick Mahomes will say, okay, $1.5 billion. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was cool when I got a billion. Now I want $1.5 billion. <laughs> Thank you very Starting much. Starting number. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were looking at Messi. He talked about him last break. He, he scored two goals the other day. He has scored three goals in his first couple of games, non-league play. But take it or leave it, he will – He ha- Take it or leave it. He will lead the MLS in scoring before the season ends. Ooh, the leading scorer one. has 13. I'll take oh. it. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it. That's, He's going to dominate. That's crazy. I think so. That is. He's that good? That good. But conveniently didn't play against City SC. He's not that good then, He's, huh? He's no. the best ever. Oh. 
Oh come on, see Ron. No, he he was always <laughs> he was always in forever. <laughs> he was always in forever better than Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, so oh, uh, I love that. So okay. again, just no appreciation for the past. Because everybody seems to agree oh, that Pele, Pele was the Pele. best ever. But again, you I have no appreciation for the. You don't think that Jim Brown played in the NFL? So what? How, how much credibility do you really have? <laughs> he, he didn't. He, he started his season what 1970? Yeah. Was that the year he? Uh, uh, he he retired in. That's when, in, uh, I mean, that's like, when rock started. Oh yeah, that's, that's when, when started. that's when football started. Yeah, yeah. for him, mm-hmm. the 70s. Post merger, post merger, NFL football started, rock, yeah. right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's football nice. before that. What no, was that? no, it's 1970 because that's when the mergers completed. 1970. Yep. Vince Lombardi never coached. No. We don't have such thing as Lombardi time. <laughs> Johnny who? Johnny you. Johnny, Johnny you. who? There you go. Take it or leave it, guys. Uh, 24 blown saves this season for the Cardinals. Now, the record by a team in a season, Nationals currently hold that record in 2021, 36 blown saves. They won't get to that. I hope not. But take no. it or leave it, 30 blown saves. Take it. For oh, the Cardinals this season. How long does Chris Stratton stay around? We'll have that in next two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chris Stratton. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's all right. You know, his arm's going to fall off, but otherwise he's fine. <laughs> he's a good guy. Yeah. He's, he's oh, slow. man. He's hiding. Guys. He's hiding in the back of the bullpen. Yeah. He's about right. to go to purgatory with Palante. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, was, and the... the the late great Zach Thompson, <laughs> who went three three weeks without pay, three that's like a, a pay period and a half he, that, <laughs> that, that he didn't have to pitch. Pretty good. Why did so they do a, that to him? No, it, I, that's so weird. So if you have a young star reliever that you're really excited about signing, and you don't get him into a game in back to back days. Well, he threw 27 pitches. And we're not talking about Bruce Suter here. Okay. Take it or leave it. The O'Neill and Jordan Hicks info leaking is strategic and purposeful, and at least one of the two are traded by the deadline. Leave it. One thing about the Cardinals is they don't play those games. They don't. Uh, they don't try to pump up value for other people. So, no, I'm going to leave it. Hicks is going to be resigned, mm-hmm. which is I'm I'm happy to hear that. He he deserves it, and I don't know the deal with Tyler O'Neill. I, I, I'm I'm. I'm confused. I don't. I thought. I thought for sure that he was out of here after his return from the IL. But you know, the Cardinals clearly see something. They have to call the herd. There's too many outfielders, and maybe they maybe they just don't want to sell low. But they just think more of the guy than I do because we talked about this during a break. It's not like he's always been great when he's been healthy. He's really they're 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 counting on two great months. Yeah, they're, they're counting on two great months. And he does. Hey, does he have great arms? Yes, he does. He's he's put together. That one day when they took his his jersey off, maybe that's what sold him. <laughs> is that is that what that sold? They're that's like, what, oh my that, god! That's, that's what sold yeah. Pete Carroll on DK Metcalf. There you go. Yeah, he came in an interview without his shirt on. One of these things, not like the other. <laughs> uh, take it or leave it. Bullpens that have multiple players that can be moved back and forth from the minors have better success. Take and it. That's why the Cardinals are having struggles. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Yeah, that's a problem. Take it or leave it. The Chiefs rework Mahomes' contract next offseason, and he gets north of $65 million. Take it. Take it. He's going to. He's yeah. going to. They're just going to say, they're going to slide him a piece of paper and say, write the number on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's because every time a quarterback signs a contract, every single time, it's the richest contract yeah. in NFL history. I mean, Kyler Murray signed a contract that made him for a while the, the richest contract in, in NFL history. Yes. And now we've had 
who besides Lamar? There was somebody else besides Lamar. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yeah. Hurts, Lamar, and now Herbert. Uh, can we get a uh, 217 ask for a little clarification on your yeah. earlier leave it? You really don't think it's just posturing? No, the, the Cardinals, Cardinals don't, they don't posture. They don't. Winslow, have you ever heard of them posturing? They don't. They don't. Mo tells uh, uh, you might not like Mo, but he doesn't lie. Well, specifically to the trade stuff, right? That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I think. <laughs> right. yeah. I just wanted some clarification. <laughs> I think the manager yeah. might have some miscommunications that he has to clean up, like Wilson Contreras playing the outfield and stuff like that. And sometimes he misremembers. There's no question about that. Like yeah. the pitchers that we pursued, but. In, in things like this, no, the Cardinals are not a posturing organization. As a matter of fact, Mo doesn't talk to people about rumors and trades. Walt was great about that. A lot of general managers and agents are great about it. Mo is not one that talks rumors. Well, what is interesting is Derek Gould also put out an article yesterday where he spoke to Mozeliak just a little bit. And it is interesting what Gould has in his article. He says, right now, there's a lot of speculation, some truths and some false, false, I can't even say it right now. Mike is false. <laughs> I've had my coffee today. <laughs> uh, it puts me in an awkward position to have to respond to all of it. Yep. And that, he doesn't want to respond. He doesn't want to talk about it. So, and I guess. Do you think that, do you think it's like well, two truths and a lie? Yeah. No, I, I really don't think so. I, I don't, I don't think that he is telling us anything. I, I do think that he likes to toy with people like last year at the deadline when they were in Washington and he got up and shook hands with Mike Rizzo. Mm, I think he likes yeah. to play some games, but in terms of his words and the way he speaks to media people, I don't think he gives, I know he doesn't give great off the record information about who we're pursuing. One final one, take it or leave it. Messi playing in the MLS right now is like Shaq playing in today's NBA. Oh, he would dominate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, take it. Shaq, there's not a big man. You you love Rudy Gobert. Uh, I think Shaq would dunk him and the ball in the hoop. Mm -hmm. My personal opinion. Yeah. I think that's legit. I'll take it also. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna score so many goals. I saw a fan said, you know, like I'm I'm mad I missed the experience, but competitively I'm very happy that Messi was not uh, here in St. Louis with Inter Miami for that game. Because he probably would have scored a couple goals. He's very talented. Yep. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. So the Cardinals are trying to make Jordan Hicks and Tyler O'Neill a part of their future. But are they still going to sell at the deadline? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Katie Wu at The Athletic reporting that multiple sources tell her that the Cardinals are disinclined to trade Tyler O'Neill, And Katie also reporting that the Cardinals are exploring an extension with Jordan Hicks that would keep him in a Cardinal uniform. And you might wonder, OK, well, if those two people that we expected to be traded are not going to be traded, who is? And it would appear that the Cardinals are still going to move Jordan Montgomery. As a matter of fact, that seems a fait accompli. And Jack Flaherty appears to be on his way out. 
And it, it sure looks like if you connect to the dots and tell me if uh, you agree with me, Brooke and Carrie, it looks like Dylan Carlson is going to be the odd man out among the young, talented Cardinal outfielders. That was my first thought when I saw that they were possibly looking at keeping around Tyler O'Neill is that they were going to move Dylan Carlson. And maybe that's because he's going to provide more value. He's younger there's possibly a little bit more upside and it seems like based on katie's article they just don't want to sell sell just to sell with tyler o'neill yeah again maybe they not they aren't getting the uh what they want in return for you know placing them out there uh if dylan carlson is going out that, that's a they have enough talent they have talent at multiple positions, and it, it's going to sting. One of these guys are going, going, going to go on and have a successful career, and you might be looking at it saying, we traded the wrong person. That's part of trading, but I don't think that that can make you hesitant going forward, worrying about uh, some player becoming what Randy or Rosarina has become. You, you cannot concern yourself with that. You have to do what's best for your team right now, 2023, looking for 2024. And if Dylan Carlson is the one that is going to get you the most in return, uh, then you have to you have to make that move. But I don't know that that's the right person because we've seen time and time again the injuries with Tyler O'Neill. We know the talent is there, but if you can't stay healthy, what difference does it make? Well, but it's not like Dylan Carlson's been the iron horse either. Well, well I, who who would you who do you think is more likely to be injured? I would I would keep O'Neill over Ty, or I would keep Carlson over O'Neill. Seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Because you know at some point the odds are that Tyler O'Neill is going to get hurt. Here's the thing. If I run really fast and Tyler O'Neill runs really fast, we have the same likelihood of pulling a hamstring. <laughs> and I'm 60. <laughs> That's bad. I say, it is bad. I think your likelihood might be a little bit higher. <laughs> you think? Me too. Because uh, <laughs> running fast without stretching is a bad idea. You ever seen a cheetah stretch? <laughs> I <have not>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is a good point. Here's a report from Ken Rosenthal in The Athletic. Uh, and the Cardinals by Derek Gould have been connected to Mariners right-hander Logan Gilbert. Rosenthal writes, to move Gilbert, the Mariners likely would require a massive haul. Gilbert is 26, has a 3.81 ERA and 76 career starts, and comes with four additional years of club control. An outfielder such as Lars Newtbar would only be the starting point for a return package mm-hmm. from the Cardinals. And if the Mariners indeed were willing to trade a pitcher such as Gilbert, they would market him to the entire sport. And hmm. how you were talking about earlier where you don't think that Moselec would put out these tidbits unless there was something to it. Who was one of the names that was essentially part of this core that we keep hearing about that they're not willing to move on from? Well, you've got Newt, right? Newt was a part of it. And that's why I'm yep. saying that's why I don't think that Logan Gilbert deal would be possible. It seems like they would want a pretty important player. And I don't know if the Cardinals would be willing to part with that for Gilbert. The the only way, and I think what the Cardinals are realizing, I said it earlier, I think that what they're realizing is people don't value their players as much as they think that they should. The, mm-hmm. the, the Dylan Carlson's, the Tyler O'Neill's, what you think you should get in return for those guys, you're probably not, you're not going to get that that ace re- in return unless you send away, as you said, a Newt Bar, a, 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 um, um, Nolan Gorman, unless you send Donovan, away Donovan, I mean, even uh, that's Donovan, somebody that they would want for Gilbert. Away, guys that you know that you have seen this season have great success or have the potential to be great in the future. You're not going to get that guy in return, and so now you're looking at a lot of prospects. Which again, 
maybe they pan out, maybe they don't. But you could potentially be in the same situation next year as you are this year because you're unwilling to get get rid of some of those really, really talented guys on this team. What I'm interested, and I would be interested to know, is what other teams think of why the Cardinals are bad. Is it, isn't, be- yeah. is it because of talent or is it because of the way the talent is deployed? These The moves, too, that Katie is speaking about almost indicated to me that they believe this is a one-off year, right? Isn't that what you kind of see, yes. that this is a yeah. one-off year? Big and, mistake. And Big mistake. You th- okay. So what do you think also should be done? Well, they, uh, as we've talked about, they need to obviously overhaul their pitching staff. I believe they need to overhaul their, their teaching and their development. I think one of the things, if the Cardinals think it's a one-off, fine. But here's the issue. The Reds are on the way. The Pirates are on the way. The Pirates have been playing without O'Neill Cruz, right? They spent most of the season. They've got Mitch Keller, who's one of the top starting pitchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. They've got a guy at the back end of the bullpen. They've got a really nice core. The Brewers have four rookies that are contributing to a first-place team. They just brought up a guy over the weekend, uh, and uh, Sal Fricker is his name, and he's been unbelievable in his first three or four games. So here you've got the Brewers developing, getting guys to the majors, the Reds developing, getting guys to the majors, the Pirates developing, getting guys to the majors, and then at some point the Cubs, the biblical losses are going to end and the Cubs are going to buy, buy, buy. And so the Cardinals can look at this as a one-off, but if, if they have are what they've been for the last decade, they've got a couple of problems. Number one, the teams in their division are better, and number two, the teams that were in their division that were really bad, they don't get to play them as much. Mm-hmm. So... If it's a one-off, they have to look at being better than they were in 2013. And that is going to require clearly revamping the way they go about their business. I want to answer your question. When other teams look at this Cardinals team and and wonder why they aren't so Mm -hmm. good or why they are so bad, I think every other team would look at them and say it's the pitching. It's the fact that the... I don't want to. I don't know if it's arrogance or or just the the feeling that you had and told us you had six starters, and when other mm-hmm. people looked at this starting rotation, like oh, six, I maybe see two, two and a half, depending on the day. And, and so, I think that's the 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 mindset of why this team has been so bad, which is also why. The, but that's the, the the troubling part for me. If you look at this team and you say that pitching has been the issue, you are about to trade away two pitchers. What are you going to get in return that gives you confidence that this team is going to be good in 2024? Here's the thing, CD. Back in 2011, when Dave Duncan was your pitching coach, you could throw a sinker and a two-seamer and have guys that threw 93-94 and get away with it because the hitters weren't concentrating as much on, and and this all goes back to some of the things I don't like, but it's exit velocity and launch angle. Now you're throwing four seamers up in the zone at 100 miles an hour. How many of those guys do the Cardinals have? The one guy that you're going to re-sign, right? Jordan Hicks. But the teams that are succeeding at a really high level, like Houston, they've got guys, high 90s, that are throwing the four-seamer, and everything looks the same. So you throw the four-seamer, you throw the slider, everything looks the same. The Cardinals just don't have that. Steven Matz was great last night, but does Steven Matz have that kind of stuff? No, and he's probably the best guy in terms of pitching in 2023, in terms of stuff and preparation for dealing with today's game. The Matz probably is the, the guy that fits the most. Miles Michaelis is great, but doesn't fit that mold. Flaherty used to, but Flaherty isn't that guy anymore. Jordan Montgomery 
for whatever reason, they don't trust him to use his stuff once he gets up to 97, 98, 99 pitches. So for Mosellock to say, well, yeah, we're changing our philosophy. We're going to become a strikeout staff. You're about five, five years late. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, and we talked about that before. Yeah. The pitching philosophy does have to change moving forward, and Mosellock talked about that, about they do have to restructure and relook and reevaluate their pitching philosophy. And to your point with what you're saying, why has it taken this long? Why has it taken this long? And that's that's deeply concerning, especially when pitching is yeah. a big issue because their offense is good statistically. If you look at things, they they are good. The fundamentals, which isn't necessarily knock on the off on the offense, fundamentals have not been great this year, especially in the first half of the season. But the pitching continues to be an issue. It's really interesting, too, because Katie Wu in the article also mentioned some names that we haven't talked about when it comes to generating some interest. Giovanni Gallegos and Chris Stratton are some other two other guys she's, that teams are interested in. He's still on the roster. And yeah, Helsley, pitcher, Ryan though. Helsley. Gio? Yeah. Yeah, he's around. He loves a home run every time he pitches. Why didn't he pitch the last couple of days? Yeah. yeah. Only, phone only goes the, to the, two people? I think Dusty Blake's trying to fix him. What I, you know, I was frustrated last night. I was thinking they should have brought in Genesis Cabrera. I, I was so disappointed that uh, he carry, didn't get an opportunity. Carry, carry, against I, that left-handed hitter? Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking. Th- the problem is that uh, Cabrera isn't here anymore. He oh. has He's moved to Canada. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, and he pitched Matthew, last night. Matthew Libertor is clearly left-handed. Well, he can he can go in there and sling that thing. He, here's it, the thing, Kerry. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Oh. And Libertor at Memphis where he's throwing 96, 97, yeah, 98. He's doing well. Really well. He, he was doing well. But the problem is they sent him back there to throw 96, 97, <sighs> 98. And even when he's here, he throws 92, 93, 94. Oh, so, uh, yeah, well, Libertor just isn't an old number 52. <laughs> you can't bring him in because they sent him out. Oh, Mm. So that lefty on lefty would have been Zach Thompson. Yeah, been, yeah, he see, he should have came in last. Your number one lefty reliever. He, he's ready because he's uh, stretching see, out. Kerry, he's a starter Kerry, now Kerry, because Kerry. he's a no. He's he's down in Memphis too. What? <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, they, it's a little it's a little confusing. By the way, Cabrera did pitch last night. How did he do? Three shutout innings. He's going to watch him pitch in October. <laughs> and then he's going to become a stud starter. Gave up one hit. We're going to watch Four him pitch in October. It's going to take on one of one years. Thanks for that good news, Brooke. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I just I thought I thought I thought CD was asking how Hennessy was doing, so I just gave him I, I an was update. Just for him in the bullpen oh, last night. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A chill in the room, and then a hooded <laughs> figure over your shoulder all We're of a sudden. Gonna, <laughs> that was the Grim Reaper, baby. <laughs> We're gonna see a game down the stretch. I guarantee this. We're gonna see a game down the stretch or in the playoffs where Cabrera goes against a Rosarena. Stop. That would be a that would be a beautiful moment. Yeah, that would be fantastic. That's today's fresh take. It's eight fifteen. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Coming up, Apple TV and MLS Season Pass analyst Jake Zivin on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely given away. And it's an equalizer. In a word. Chaos. Oh, it's a down City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos. Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events. Everything's about opening the game going forward. Great ball from Gazzano. I think he's onside. Messi with Gazzano off his line. Messi off the post. Puts the follow in. Oh, of course he did. Eight minutes in. Lionel Messi gets his second for Miami. 
Robert Taylor. Taylor cutting it back. Martinez on the ground. Messi has changed the face of MLS, but St. Louis City SC has as well. The top expansion franchise in the history of MLS, and they continue League's Cup action tomorrow night over at City Park. They take on Club America, and it should be great. It's a 9 o'clock start, by the way. It's supposed to be 100 degrees and feel like 105 tomorrow during the day, so probably good that they're getting started a little bit later at 9 o'clock. We head to the celebrity line right now, and Jake Zivin of uh, Apple TV and MLS Season Pass joins us with Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis. This is Randy Carricker. Jake, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, good morning. Doing great. Can't wait to uh, to get up for, uh, to St. Louis again, as you heard. We were in Miami last night, and Taylor and I's kind of tour of the country continues, and this is a big one, big one tomorrow night. Looking forward to it, and and tell us what we can expect when we see we 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 don't have a great deal of familiarity with Club America. What should we expect? Yeah. First and foremost, Club America is the biggest club in North America. They are the biggest team in Mexico, the most successful team in Mexican soccer history, the most titles won. Based in Mexico City, they play in Estadio Azteca, which U.S. soccer fans will know as the place that the Mexican national team basically calls home. Every time the U.S. have to go and play a qualifier in Mexico, it's at Azteca. It is one of the most intimidating and most famous stadiums in world football. Uh, club America is, is their tenant and, and it is the biggest club again, as I said, in North America. So, um, it, it's something different, I think for St. Louis, I, I can't wait to see what the crowd looks like, to be honest, because club America has maybe more fans in the United States of America than any club in the world. Wow. I, I don't, I don't know exactly if that's true. I don't know the metrics, but they would certainly be in the conversation. I would expect they do. They're the biggest club in the most watched soccer league in the United States of America. Um, so let's see how much red, how much yellow there's going to be. They're a really good team. Uh, and St. Louis, of course, we know what they do at home, right? So uh, to me, when the when the League's Cup schedule came out, I know Taylor felt the same way. Uh, unbiased, of course, for Taylor. But this was <laughs> the game, I think, that I was most intrigued about in, in the League's Cup before Messi, of course, uh, announced his intention to, to play. Well, Jake, you got to my next point. The, the biggest news has been Messi and Inter-Miami. Can he continue what he's doing, what he's always done, and get Miami into a playoff spot? Man, yes. <laughs> right? I think the last two games have shown us into a playoff spot. To me, like that's also going to be more dependent on the other teams because they are, they're 12 points out of the playoff spot with 12 games to go once we restart MLS play on August 20th. So that's, that's a big hill to climb. Are they going to win all 12 of those games? Look, again, after the past two nights, I, I wouldn't put it past them to do so. That, that's, of course, not totally realistic. Uh, but can they win 10 of them? Can they win eight of them? Yeah, I think they can. Like, the expectations after the past two games have, have been exceeded. And, and they've gone even higher, if that's possible, than they would have been. Because there was this thought of an adjustment period right? Were Busquets and Messi going to come into this league, immediately dominate and, and immediately kind of elevate everybody else's level? They clearly have, right? So I, I wouldn't put it out of reason to think that they can get into the playoffs. Uh, if they do, <laughs> no one's going to want to play them. So who knows, right? Um, but, but we'll see as they kind of get into the meat and potatoes of it. Taylor's been using that, that phrase a lot. Once it becomes kind of like 
game after game. Once they have to travel, once they have to go across the country to LA, and and they got to get a plane for on a plane for six hours. That's something Messi never really had to do in his career, right? Other than the Champions League, and even then, the furthest Champions League travel is like London to Istanbul, right? You know, I mean, I guess there's maybe you got to go to Kazakhstan or something like that, but like it's it, it, it's that's five hours or so, right? So this is going to be maybe different and new for him. Um, but I, for me, I think the sky's the limit for, for Miami. Well, with him, he scored three goals in his first two games. Do you think when league play does return, he'll be able to keep up that pace? Because if he is, he's going to end up being like the lead, 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 leading scorer for this season. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not a gambling man. I don't know what the odds <laughs> are on that, but – you know, it might not be, it might not be bad. Look, he's done this everywhere he's gone, right? So can he, can he continue to do that pace? You know, probably not exactly. I mean, he scored three goals in his first 60 minutes of play, right? He's not going to do that, obviously. Um, but why not, right? I mean, I, he is, he's the greatest player of all time. And again, if he's playing in Liga with PSG, if he's playing in La Liga with Barcelona, you know, if he's playing, he, he he just was the best player in the World Cup six months ago, right? So, um, I don't. He's not going to score three goals every sixty minutes he plays, <laughs> but but I, I don't see a drop off coming. Talk about. I will say this. I will say this. Atlanta Atlanta has been struggled struggled defensively this year, right? And so they are not one of the better defensive teams in MLS. So it'll be interesting when he goes up against the Nashville, when he goes up against the Philadelphia, what what that looks like. Talk about the atmosphere and how much that has changed things in Miami with Messi coming in. And do you think this will open the door for more European stars to come over here? Yeah, it's been different. It's been really different. We you know, did uh, the first Atlanta-Miami game on May 6th. Last night it was Atlanta-Miami. And it was before Messi. And, you know, they're playing in this temporary stadium in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a nice temporary stadium, but it's that. It's not. It's going to be a lot different when their billion-dollar stadium opens in Miami Freedom Park. Uh, The the past two games have been crazy, you know. Uh, On Friday night, you had LeBron James, Serena Williams, Kim Kardashian sitting feet away Hmm. from Lionel Messi, pitch side. Last night, DJ Khaled, Diddy. You know, I call him Puff Daddy still. He's so puffy to me because that's how old I am, right? But, like, like they're, they're sitting there. They're sitting there pitch side as well. David Beckham, Victoria Beckham, obviously part of the ownership group of Inter-Miami. So they're, they're sitting there, like, feet away. It's crazy. Stadium was, was rocking both nights. Um, and, you know, not only in the stadium, but, but globally now, right? On Apple TV, this is on in 107 countries. that can watch Lionel Messi now play in Miami, play in Major League Soccer, play in Leagues Cup as it is right now. Um, I, I do think that Messi coming here will make make some some players, both European stars, think about coming maybe earlier than they would have, and and more importantly, and Taylor talked about this last night on the broadcast, younger stars in South America or anywhere in the world that maybe would have said, "I'm going to go to Europe. I'm 20. I'm ready to go to Europe," or or maybe I'm going to Liga MX to play for a club like Club America, right? Instead, now I'm going to. Now I'm going to maybe prefer MLS, right? Because I want to play in the league that Messi's playing in. They're, I'm going to play with Messi maybe even, right? So I, I do think it's going to change the perspective maybe for some players who might might maybe now rate MLS a little higher. Jake Zivin from Apple TV joining us on 101 ESPN. A couple more things. Number one, City has had some games against elite competition like LAFC and Seattle to get away from them. Is yeah. that a concern tomorrow night when they take on Club America at City Park? Yeah, sure. I, of course, I think it is. Um, and again, Color America is, is elite competition. Their their roster is, is stacked. Um, Henry Martin, 
Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, Alejandro Zendeas, who is now a U.S. international. Um, they're uh, Quinones. Their their team is very very good. Um, you know, it, it, it so it's not like a city specific thing, right? It's any team in this tournament. Club America has to be considered one of the favorites of this whole tournament, right? So it, it, that's you know a possibility. But the city's great at home, right? City Park is, is going to give them an advantage. I'm really curious to see who Bradley Carnell puts out. Um, we did the game in Columbus a few days ago. That game ended at like 1.30. Uh, it was a heavily rotated team, right, from Bradley Carnell, um, from the group that had won four or five. That, 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 you know, it was the group that lost that game basically against LAFC, not the group that, that had won the four. Um, that LAFC game was tough because it was, it was decent for 70 minutes. And then, like you said, one goal from Carlos Vela, and it opens up and, and it ends 3-0. So, again, not a city-specific thing of a game getting away, but I think anytime any team plays Club America, that, that's a possibility. Um, but if, if, you know, on the other hand, it, it goes, it's gone more often than not at home, it's gone the other way, right? It's, it's City that gets a goal, gets another, the crowd is ridiculous, and they just keep going. So, um, it, uh, you know, for Club America, they've, they've got to be concerned about that as well, right? Absolutely. Jake, one last thing, and you were in Miami last night. The great Hall of Famer Jack Buck, when he was doing Cardinal games back in the day, and it was really warm here in St. Louis, had this big plastic tray of water that he would put his bare feet in to stay cool when he was broadcasting. (laughs) Do you have a trick for tomorrow night or last night in Miami to keep yourself cool while you're broadcasting? I had never heard that, but uh, but if Jack Buck's tray is sitting somewhere, we're, we're staying across the street uh, from Bush Stadium, so if it's sitting somewhere, maybe I'll have to grab it and bring it over. I'll have to talk to Taylor about that. I don't think Taylor wants my, my feet sitting in water right next to him throughout the game, but uh, hey, if that works, man, it was it, it was hot in Miami. It's going to be hot in St. Louis, so hey, it's summer in America. We're, we're used to it. Absolutely. Jake, great stuff. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Of course. Thank you, guys. See you later. Jake Zivin. You can see him tomorrow night, Apple TV and the MLS season pass. It's St. Louis City SC against Club America. Next up, we've got the fight. Do you have a fighter, Matthew? You do have a fighter? No, we need one. Well, we need a fighter. Okay, well, let's let's get a fighter then. All you need to do is text your name and the word fight to our text line, which is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! Maybe you can be the fighter against me next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the Welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Jeff. Jeff, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're doing great. Good. We're doing good. Are you uh, ready to take on Randy Carricker? Oh, probably not. Oh, okay. Well, I love the honesty. We'll see how it goes. Hey, it's hump day. You never know. It's It's been an interesting fight the past few yeah. days, so anything's possible if there's something we've learned yeah, about Jeff, this week. do me a favor. Don't go to a tiebreaker. Please do. I'm running out. I'll try my best. I'm Make running out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. There's only been one Major League franchise, Major League Baseball franchise, that has had more than two pitchers post 300 plus strikeout seasons. Which one is it? Is it the Detroit Tigers, the Philadelphia Phillies, or the Houston Astros? Um, I'll go Tigers. 
Justin Herbert's 14,089 passing yards are the most through a player's first three seasons in NFL history. His 94 passing touchdowns in that span are second most in NFL history. Behind only who? Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, or Patrick Mahomes? I'll go Patrick Mahomes. Which current NL franchise is the only club to never win an NL pennant? Is it the Colorado Rockies, the San Diego Padres, or the Milwaukee Brewers? I'll go Rockies. On this day in 1970, this Hall of Fame catcher had his has had, catcher had his first two of three home run games against Steve Carlton. Wait, had his first on this day in 1970. This Hall of Fame catcher had his first two first of two three home run games against Steve Carlton. Is it Gary Carter, Johnny Bench, or Carlton Fisk? I'll go Johnny Bench. All right, we'll double check the score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Jeff, how you feel? Not very confident. Okay, well, all right. <laughs> I've heard that a time or two on this show. Uh, did you have a plan, a game plan going into it? Was it you're just going to guess? Did you did you kind of have a, a topic you were looking for or hoping for? I was hoping that I would know a few for sure, but they were all educated guesses. Okay. Well, we can blame Rock for that. It's, what? it's easy. What are you blaming me for? Because he didn't know any of the answers. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my fault. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is also my job, kind of. It kind of is. Randy, say hello to Jeff. Jeff, good morning. How you doing? Good. Thank, long-time listener. Thanks for getting me to work every day. Hey, love it. Thank you very much for tuning in every day. We appreciate it, and thanks for playing today. You ready, Randy? I'm ready. Of course you are. There is only one Major League Baseball franchise that has had more than two pitchers post 300-plus strikeout seasons. Who is it? One franchise that has had two pitchers post... More, 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 more Has had more than two pitchers more post 300-plus strikeout seasons. Post 300 strikeout seasons. Okay. Well... I think you got the Tigers with Verlander and Scherzer. Um, and I would, uh, uh, Denny McLean, I think, got over 300 when he won 31 games. The Doyers obviously have um, Koufax, but I don't know if they've had any. Multiple 300 strikeout season. Three, three strike, 100 strike, more than two. More than three. two. Okay. Uh, good match. Giants have had. <laughs> A lot of guys. Um, I am reasonably sure. Well, not reasonably, but I'm. I, I feel okay about the Tigers. I'm gonna. That was the first one that I thought of, so I'm gonna go with them. Justin Herbert's 14,089 passing yards is the most through a player's first three seasons in NFL history. His 94 passing touchdowns in that span are second most in NFL history behind only who? Whom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who? Whom? 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 Who? Okay, 94 touchdown passes in his first three years. Right? Mm-hmm. Mahomes didn't play in his first year. Right? He, he only played the finale. Um, Dan Marino threw 48 in his second year, but didn't take over until midway through his first year. 
Drew Brees didn't play in his first year. So I think that I'm going to have to go with the guy that played in his rookie year. Uh, Tom Brady didn't play in his rookie year. The one that stands out like a sore thumb for me is Peyton Manning, who uh, did play in his rookie year and at that time had a rookie touchdown pass record and didn't slow down when he went 13-3 and in his second year and then made the playoffs in his third year. I am going to go with Peyton Manning. Which current excuse me, which current NL franchise is the only club to never win an NL pennant? Current National League franchise that has never won a National League pennant. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Current National League club. Um, well, the Brewers have never represented the National League in the World Series. They've represented the American League. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals, the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cubs have all done so. Dodgers, Padres, Giants, D-backs, Rockies, Braves, Mets, Natinals, because uh, of their jersey mishap, uh, Phillies, and Marlins. So I'm going to say it's the Milwaukee Brewers, Carrie. Final the, answer. Oh, there we go. Final answer for that one. Final question. On this day in 1970, which Hall of Fame catcher had his first of two three home run games against Steve Carlton? Mm, this uh, this is fun. I'll do the lifeline here. Gary Carter, no, Johnny Bench, maybe Carlton Fisk. Well, since Gary Carter's career, I don't believe it started yet, and Carlton Fisk was playing in the American League. I'm going to use the process of elimination. We didn't have interleague play in 1970, and I am going to go with Johnny Bench. I would like to uh, thank the mercy of both Randy. And Jeff today, because there's no need for a tiebreaker. We have an outright winner today from the four questions for like the third time in the last two weeks. <laughs> Was Jeff able to come in here on a hump day? Is it a bumpy day for Andy Carricker? Or does Megamind move on through this Wednesday fight? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight. Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. I'm sorry, Jeff. Randy Carricker just edged you out. He beat you two to one today. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gamble right. fight, Jeff, but it was also a tough one. Let's go through those answers. There's only one MLB franchise that has had more than two pitchers post 300-plus strikeout seasons. Unfortunately, Danny McClain topped out at 280 mm. in that season. The answer is the Houston Astros, who have four and a half. J.P. Richard, or J.R. Richard did it twice. Mike Scott, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and technically they had the second half of a Randy Johnson season where he posted 300 wow. strikeouts as well. So it is the Houston Astros far and away in that one. Justin Herbert's 14,089 are the most through a player's first three seasons in NFL history for passing yards. His 94 pass TDs are second in NFL history behind only Dan Marino. Peyton Manning had 85 in his first three seasons. Which current NL franchise is the only club to never win an NL pennant? It is, in fact, the Milwaukee Brewers who have their one pennant as an AL club and have not won since they came over to the NL. And on this day in 1970, it was, in fact, Johnny Bench 
when it was the Reds versus the Cardinals, Steve Carlton, he smacked three home runs for seven RBI and a trouncing of the Cardinals. And then later on, when Carlton was on the Phillies, uh, he did it once again, two different three home run games against Steve Carlton for Johnny Bench. A 2-1 win for Randy in today's fight. Jeff, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Thanks. Love the show. Keep it going. Thanks for the opportunity. Jeff, thank you. Great to have you with us, and thanks for the compliments. Coming up next, we've got the bird watch for you here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. It's time for Bird Droppings with Brooke and Carrie and Randy on 101 ESPN. And I'm going to start with mine. So Al Avila, the former Tigers general manager, joined BK and Ferrario yesterday and talked mm-hmm. about the Cardinals trading of, well, he's kind of referring to the trading of Randy Rosarena, but referring to where the Cardinals are now with the young people that they're considering trading. Look, nobody knows that your player is better than your own organization. If some if somebody outside of your organization knows your player is better, then there's something really really wrong. Uh, you should know your player is better than anybody. And when it, and when you feel it's time to move on, it's time to move on. And sometimes it's not so much anything other than the player needs you know a, a change of scenery. And you've heard that you know that said before. So nobody should know your players better than you. And if you do have that situation, that's a problem that. According to John Mozeliak, after the 2020 season, did exist for the Cardinals. But when you look at at our offensive struggles, it's 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 a fair question to ask. Well, why him and not someone else? And and so, um, I will I will own that. Um, that's on on me. And um, you know, I certainly have always said that you always have to know your own players better than players outside your organization because if you get that wrong, you have a problem. And uh, you know, that's why we will take that opportunity and, and revisit how we um, rank our own players and, and make sure we, we don't have um, something like this happen again. And that's why the Cardinals are stuck, as it were. They are in they're, they're having a conundrum. Who do we trade? Because we screwed up with Randy Rosarena. We screwed up with Adolis Garcia. We screwed up with, with Sandy Alcantara. We screwed up with Zach Gallen. And apparently other franchises do know the Cardinals system better than the Cardinals still do. And that's something that the Cardinals are still dealing with. And that's why they need another voice from the outside to help them out a little bit. But Randy, that texter texted in earlier that you're a fool if you think that those names that you just mentioned are influencing how they handle outfielders moving forward. Well, John Mozeliak admitted it, though. So I'm going to trust Mo, with all due respect to our great listenership, <laughs> that text in. And I do appreciate you texting in. And to all due respect, I'm just going to say that... If Mo says that he's affected by and he's going to change things because of the way the Cardinals evaluated their minor leaguers, I think I'm going to go with what he says. I think you should. Um, if he's going to admit a mistake, I'm going to I'm going to allow him to admit it. Yeah, the thing is, though, when you make a mistake, you can't allow that to impact every decision or most decisions going forward. You have to evaluate. You have to decide if you develop this person well enough, you evaluate them, develop them well enough, and if you've done all you can do for this person, for this specific player, then it's time to move on. Especially if that specific player 
despite your great evaluation, despite your great development, continues to get hurt because that is something you can't control as a front office person, as a manager. That's on the player and on his trainers to make sure that they find a a routine to keep them healthy. Don't be paralyzed. Yes. The Dodgers... They gave up Jordan Alvarez for Josh Shields, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan Alvarez is one of the best hitters in baseball, and the Dodgers gave him up. But did that prevent them from giving up uh, JoJo Gray and Kiebert Ruiz a couple of years ago so that they could get Scherzer and Turner at the deadline? No. You can't be paralyzed by what's happened in the past. You just have to keep looking forward. You can't control the past, so you just keep looking forward. And, and you're going to win some, and you're going to lose some. Some of those yeah. trades, you're going to win. They won Paul Goldschmidt, and they won Nolan Arenado. Gave up eight players in the those deals and not one of them has turned out. There you go. So you're going to, and so why not think about the positive things that you get in return for trades as opposed to the negative things? Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Yes. We're trying to be happy. We're trying to be happy. I, and the thing is, is I agree with you guys on the whole Tyler O'Neill situation because to all of us, it's making sense. Maybe they see something different and they just don't like the offers that they're hearing. According to the Katie Wu article, that's something that is being looked at is they don't want to just sell just to sell. And it's very... It's a predicament that they're in because they could move him possibly during the offseason or they could keep him around because they're going to move another outfielder that can provide a little bit more value. Not saying that I'm saying they should keep Tyler O'Neill around or anything like that, but I can see their way of thinking of, OK, if we're going to give up Tyler O'Neill for basically peanuts, we're going to get screwed in that in the long run if he goes and bees another is another superstar elsewhere. Here's- Two quick notes about Tyler O'Neill. Number one, the most games he's played in the major leagues was 2021 when he played in 138. Otherwise, the most he's played is 96, and he just turned 28. It's not the same as a Rosarena. No. Because this guy's going to be gone after next year. Either way, either you're not going to want him next year, or he's going to be too good, and Boris is going to take him away. He's not going to be with you after 2024. So why not do something now as Branch Rickey who was the general manager of the Cardinals and did a really good job, said better to trade a player a year too early than a year too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's time to do something. I have never known somebody named Branch, by the way. Me anyway, neither. text yeah. in if, you, if you've known somebody named <laughs> That's Branch. That's a great name, a great honestly. Name. That's a great question, too. Yeah. Sure Text in uh, 314-399-646, 314-399. Yo! If you know anybody named Branch. All right. I thought it was going to end up being a nickname, but that that was actually his middle name. What a beautiful name. So I have a bird watch for you guys. This is not a plot. A a kid named Twig? (laughs) (laughs) Instead of Junior, it's Twig. (laughs) I like that. that. (laughs) My bird watch, once again, we're going to go down to Memphis because I am so ready to see this player. And look, I'll be able to keep talking about it if he keeps doing things like he did last night. Mason went three for five night last night, extended his hitting streak to 11 games. He singled, he tripled, and homered. He now has a career-high 14 home runs this season. <laughs> Paul DeYoung, we will, we will miss you. Do you need to do the I Will Remember You song? Oh. Paul, it's been a great run. We've enjoyed your presence. You've done a great job here. All the science that will we learned. We yes. learned so much about you. And we've learned a lot about injuries and that we, will we miss never you. knew existed. We love you. We appreciate you. You've been a great contributor. 
through Cardinal history. We respect you. We and do. We wish that we could keep you around, but Mason Wynn, our guy now, is Mason on his way. Wynn. We're thankful for you. More thankful for him, though. Mason Wynn's like a little <laughs> angel flying in. It's his It's his time to shine. Paul DeYoung, we'll miss you, but Mason Wynn, I'm excited to see him. I'm ready for him to be here after the trade deadline and see what he has to do here in the bigs. I, I don't know. Him and Walker and that friendship they have together, I think, is something that will give people in the second half of the season something else to watch for, to be oh. excited for. If you don't want when that person that texted in is like, how do I keep watching these games? Well, it's exciting to see a young star in Mason win. There you go. Now, Michelle was always very derisive in her thoughts about my uh, addiction to cardinal numbers. What do you think of Mason Wynn wearing number zero at shortstop? Oh. Hmm. I think it'd be fun. Well, are we almost out of single digits or are we all out of single digits? Eight is available. I like eight. Eight's a good number. Eight almost looks like zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm cool. Uh, Matthew doesn't seem very fired up about it, by Matthew the way. Matthew is not, no, fired, yeah, about, not. fired up about I'm much. With, I'm good with zero. I like zero. Don't go with eight. I don't know. I have a bad... Mike Leak left a really bad taste in my mouth with eight right oh, now. Well, Whether it's a pitcher or a player. <laughs> a, a pitcher should never wear <laughs> yeah, a single, single digit. This yeah. is just a problem. And that's why And that's why you said Mason Wynn should wear zero. I, I, I want, I want, now I want Tink Hens to wear double zero. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, hey, it's not a single-digit number. You got another one, Randy? I thought you were queuing something oh, up over Well, there. I'm just thinking that um, when he gets here, uh, we're going to have to play this on the show pretty much every day. Win, 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 win! Or maybe, I, I love it. Or maybe this. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. There you go. For Mason? Yes, There's I so agree. many, so many songs written about him, right? Oh, it's tremendous. <laughs> yeah. Somebody texted in Branch McCracken. Someone branch texted in McCracken. Blanche, which is a good Golden name. Girls. Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not a branch, but a Blanche. Mm-hmm. I like that. I love that show. It's a good show. It's a fantastic show. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Yeah. Did we just finish this? or did you, uh, you, I, you, I, no, that's, that's, I thought you had because one. You, 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 go ahead. I, I, I want a bird. I want a... No, no, no. Oh, no, he's happy. Sunshine Lollipops. So, Randy, you talked about one of the best hitters in baseball in Jordan Alvarez, and I'm going to give you one of the best hitters in baseball in the month of July. His name is one Wilson Contreras. Maybe he's a DH. Maybe he's an outfielder. But he was brought here to be a catcher and a stellar hitter. Right now, he is leading the the league in the month of July in OPS with 1.345. He is leading the league in batting average in, in July with a 442 batting average. What are you putting up there? I know they lost Rock. My my general discontent with this segment, how it's going today. <laughs> Two we out of three bird you, watches, one bird hear, dropping. They lost. Did you not hear the the sunshine lollipops? Are you, sunshine, you not? Thank you. Lollipop. I, reje- I reject sunshine and lollipops. And so Wilson Contreras was here, was brought here to do what, Randy? Hit. Hit. Yeah. We know he was not going to be the catcher that one Yadier Molina was, mm-hmm. who was possibly one of the best catchers that I, well, not possibly, Anybody he is one of the seen. best catcher I've seen, one of the best catchers to play the game of baseball. And so he was brought here because of his bat, and he is showing it in the month of July. Hats off to you, Mr. Contreras. Continue to do what you do despite what the naysayers say. 442. One being Matthew Rocky. And by the way, we're we're on the 20s. We've only got five days left, right? 27, yes. 26, 27, 28, 29. 30. 442. 
It's in the month 30, of July. 31, right? July 31st. Yep. So we have six days left. He's hitting 442. With an OPS of what? 1.344. Three homers, nine ribs. Yeah. yeah so uh, give him. That's what you credit. brought him for. That's what he's here what for. brought him here for. That is your bird dropping <laughs> slash watch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, high drama last night at Chase Field. We've got our rush hour reset coming your way. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Nine oh seven in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Take a look at our rush hour reset. What happened last night? If you missed it, the Cardinals fell in Arizona. They did take a lead in the third inning with runners at first and third. They got aggressive. The stretch and pitch. He's running. And a swing and a miss. The throw to second. Runner coming home. A strike to the plate late. Donovan steals home. And the Cardinals had a one nothing lead heading into the eighth. By the way, Stephen Matz was terrific for six shutout innings. The Cardinals brought in JoJo Romero in the seventh inning, and then they brought him back for the eighth. Kettle Marte led off with a triple. He was singled home. The Cardinals brought in Chris Stratton. Uh, Guriel grounded out to move McCarthy up to second. And after Walker, Christian Walker, struck out swinging, the Cardinals just couldn't maintain a level of prosperity. Ultimately, Corbin Carroll stepped in with two runners aboard against Chris Stratton. Fly ball to center. Carlson going back to the wall and he won't get it. McCarthy's home. Here comes Canzone. Corbin Carroll with a two-run triple. That made it 3-1. 3-1 was the final. The Cardinal manager, Ali Marmol, on that triple. Left that one up and Carroll got a hold of it. Uh, put a really good swing on it. Left it up. Carroll got a hold of it. Put a really good swing on it. There were some comments on Twitter about maybe a misplayed ball. That ball being misplayed by Carlson. What were your thoughts on that? Did you think he could have or should have made that catch? I thought that would have been a spectacular catch if he would have made as it. Well, do you think that Tommy Edmond makes that catch? I think it depends mm-hmm. on where he's playing. It, where he's where he's positioned. I, I, when I saw I I didn't think it was going to be catchable, uh, but and I also thought maybe he got a bad read off it of off of the bat initially. It, I agree with you. I think it would have been a hell of a catch had he made it. I would have loved to have seen him make seen him make that catch though. Me I too. think we all would have. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think that was yeah. the issue that I saw with people talking about on Twitter is that the read on it, he was kind of like all the way over and left field yeah. a little bit, so then of course he's having a hard time tracking it down. And that's where that's not him. That's the coaches that position him. He doesn't yeah. position himself. Mm-hmm. So that's where the Cardinals are. They lose, but they have a day game today. Try to salvage the series. And hopefully the Cardinals will be able to come away with a victory as they send uh, Jack Flaherty to the mound. And he'll be opposed by the former Cardinal fireman, Zach Gallen, who's a Cy Young candidate this year. Guys, this could be the last time that we see Flaherty as a Cardinal. Oh. Have we Have we been able to take that in yet? No, I'll watch him today. There's a... Chris Stratton and, and uh, Jojo Romero pitched tonight. Oh, my God. Give him a break. Chris <laughs> yeah. Stratton, he is, is hiding rain. in the corner. That he is like, please. Rain. Hey, you know what it is. Yeah. Come on. That's a 240 game. It's, it's, <laughs> and, and Jordan Hicks will be healthy. And, okay. and Flaherty will give him 
Well, they won't let him, six. He won't let. Yeah, they won't let him go more than six, will they? I, yeah, that was uh, that's uh, poor Chris Stratton. He just he, just give him a give him a game off. Palante, maybe bring him out of purgatory for one game. I don't know. Who in the world do they go to in the bullpen at this point? That's a great question. Andre Palante is there. He's there, but he's in purgatory. And he hasn't pitched since Suarez July twenty first. I haven't seen him yet. July twenty. That'd be nice to see him, They're, right? Uh, the, the Cardinals shouldn't have to have this rule where, well, they don't, don't have the rule. You don't have to have 13 pitchers. Maybe they think they have to have 13 pitchers. The maximum they can have is 13 pitchers. Maybe they just need to get another position player here. Maybe Luke and Baker needs to, they've got Taylor Motter back. Uh, who, who's the other? Oh, uh, the catcher. Barrera. Oh, Barrera. Oh, Barrera. Yeah, bring him back. Oh, Barrera? Yeah, that's another guy that Brooks... Brooke really likes. Yeah. I can see Tracer. it happening right now. Flaherty goes Flaherty goes perfect. A, a gem. Seven innings. And they're like, you know what? We don't feel like really comfortable with anybody else having this game. We're going to have Jordan Hicks go two innnings, and then they don't pitch him again for four days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not great. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, not great. Hey, one other quick note for you. Al Avila, the former Tigers GM, joined... Uh, BKM Ferrario and talked about the Cardinals' need for a number one pitcher and what the Cardinals might do in pursuit of a number one pitcher. Here's something he doesn't think they'll do. I don't think Mo is the type of guy who's going to go out there and take huge risks on huge money uh, in that in that sense. I, I think it's it's more you, you it's better be a little bit more prudent and go a little bit more after uh, you know let's say a little bit more of a uh, middle ground per se because. Once you make those big moves and you spend that big money, you, you, you could put yourself into a big hole. I would say if you're going to risk something that much, uh, you do it at the trade deadline, you do it short or short term. You know, the Mets did, you know, kind of like, a, uh, you know, the new thing where, you know, you pay the, the big dollars, but for very short years, you know, a couple years. So, And that is Al Avila, the former operative word here, former general manager <laughs> Big of the Detroit. yikes. I don't think that would make anybody happy with what he's saying. No, the market has changed. The, the the dynamic is different, and you need, if you're going to get a veteran starting pitcher, to spend $30 million a year on that guy. It's yeah, just the, that's life in the big leagues. Miles isn't going to be your ace next Can't season. Be. Nope. He's not going to be. Nope. So you have to go out and spend a lot of money. I hope that that is the plan for this offseason is to go and get a bona fide starter, an ace. And you also have to maximize your pitchers. Like, for example, CD, you have concerns. Yeah, the, 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 well, look at, look, spend look, some look money. at yeah. the, the Mets have two aces, right? And the Bra- who, who do, who's the Braves ace this year? Wright's been hurt. Freed's been hurt. Charlie Morton's still around. Spencer Strider, a guy that they brought up. He's not making $30 million a year. But the Cardinals, if they're going to have their young pitchers work out, they need to work out. So I'm I'm in the faction that believes they need to go out and spend money on a number one guy because I don't trust the Cardinals' ability to develop a number one guy. All right, that's your Rush Hour Reset. Coming up, it's Wednesday, and we recorded Wednesdays with Wayno. He is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the opening drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor.
to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, Carrie stepping out as we visit with Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Waino and Adam Wainwright, of course, the founder of Big League Impact. And it's great to have him with us on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Wayno. How you doing? Doing great. How are y'all doing? Everything's great here in St. Louis. We were thrilled with your outing on Monday night at Arizona. How did you feel waking up on Tuesday morning? Awesome. I feel great. I feel uh, I'm about to about to uh, go in and do a little lift here in a few minutes. Um, body feels great. Shoulder feels great. Uh, just, I mean, you know, if you knew back then, if I knew back then what I know now, I probably would have done this at least a month ago, maybe two months ago, just taking some time, get a shot, get the inflammation out. And the results would have been <laughs> it's just been so much better. But you don't, you just don't always know. You know, some, sometimes it's uh, it's hard to know. I'm sorry I put my team in those those situations, those last three games I pitched before I had to step out that I uh, just wasn't able to compete like I wanted to. And and uh, you know I have regrets about that, but also know that I pushed it as far as I could. And you know you you give everything you can and and everything you got. And sometimes it's Sometimes it's enough, and sometimes it's not enough, and sometimes you need to get some help. And and uh, I had to get some help, but I feel so much better now about it. I feel so much more confident going into games now, and uh, just a world difference, man. It's just a world of difference. And Adam, you told us last week that you wish you had taken them early earlier. Were you reticent to? Were you reluctant to to take the shots? Well, uh, I, I I knew I was going to have to do it eventually. I just kept having these teaser moments where things would get better for a bullpen or for I'd go out and feel really good. And, you know, you don't want to do that. You can't do it all the time, right? You don't want to waste those bullets until you really need them. Um, just it, you can only take, you know, maybe two, maybe three shots a season uh, and still stay stay healthy, really. It's just bad for you to take too much. And, you know, you don't want to become dependent on them either. And sometimes you got to learn how to grind through injuries and, and pitch through. And that's just part of being a professional. Um, and, and sometimes, sometimes you, you just need to step back and, and take a, take a break and, and get better. And, uh, I had to do that. I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I'm better now. And, and, uh, that yesterday was a, or two days ago was a great jumping off point. You know, it was a great, uh, was a, there's a lot that can be built off of that. My curveball was, was spinning good and I was able to change some arm slots around and be a, be a real pitcher out there. Just, uh, think the ball again, get some late life. I mean, you know, they only had what, three, four hits off me, um, and uh, once I settled in, it was just a, that was the first time all year I've had mojo where I felt like confident I was going to execute, confident in my stuff, confident the next pitch was going to be where it's supposed to be. You know, fully confident is, is, a, is a real weapon. And if you're, if you're feeling like that on the mound, you can do some cool things. Well, we're glad that you're feeling great. Just going back prior to Monday, we know that the plan originally was for you to face teammates in a live batting practice session in Arizona, and then it turned into you returning to the starting rotation. What changed? Well, okay, so there was it was uh, originally it was going to be throw a live BP, and then it thought, well, you know, the staff thought maybe based off guys in the past who tried to come back too early, let's let's do uh, live BP and maybe a, a rehab start. And, and my situation is a little different, uh, especially at this point in the season. I said, hey, listen, I know what y'all are saying, and I appreciate you wanting to take care of me. But know this, I only got two months left in my career. Don't waste them in AAA. Don't waste them in the, on, on, the, on, the, on the backfield throwing to, to our players that don't mean anything. I said, I'm, I'm healthy. You, you just need to trust me. 
I, I can pitch whenever you need me to better than anything you've seen all year. Trust me. I promise you I'm telling the truth. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of faith and there's a lot of trust built up through the years here. Um, you know, when, when you tell the truth, um, that's when, that's when coaches and staff can really trust you. And, uh, you know, I think me saying, hey, I appreciate y'all wanting me to keep taking the ball, but I need to step back. I need to get better. This team deserves more out of me. Uh, that earned a little bit of faith in there too. And when I said, hey, listen, I'm good to go, trust me, they trusted me. And when a spot came available, because Dakota was going to start yesterday or two days ago, Dakota was going to start, but when he had to pitch uh, in Chicago, things kind of changed. So the, the option was either to call somebody up or to let me take that start. And I and they asked me if I was able, and I said, I'm telling you, I'm ready to pitch that game. I can help us win that game. Trust me in that situation. And they did, and uh, it worked out. Adam Wainwright with us in the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And, Wayno, you just answered one of my questions. I was going to ask you if it had struck you that there's two months left in this glorious career of yours, and it it has struck you. So what sort of emotions are you having with that knowledge? You know what? It's just that I'm in total peace with with all of it. I, I know that it's time. Um, I know that it's time to, to, to do the next thing when the season's over with. I'm good with that. I've, that's exactly where I wanted to get to in my career was, was stepping away at, at the right time to not, have, to, to not look back and have any regrets about not finishing strong or not finishing at the right time. And I've, I've just played with too many players that, that came back to me and said, listen, play as long as you can because when you stop playing, you can't go back. And I've, I've played with four or five guys who had great careers that said, man, I should have played two more years. Trust me. Trust me, you're gonna re- you're gonna regret if you go home before it's time. And uh, I really took that to heart, you know. And plus, I just love playing this game, and I love playing for our team. I love playing for this city, and uh, I love representing the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, I got Cardinal red running through my blood now. Red is my favorite color. I mean, I, there's just so many different things I can tell you about that. But I love playing the game. I'm still having a lot of fun playing the game. Uh, the game has gotten a little harder for me to to be ready for the every five days, especially this year as I was going through things, but I'm glad to be back healthy again. I'm glad to be able to go back out there and compete. I'm having a ball pitching, especially especially going out there and changing arm angles is something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm thinking, you know, it's a freeing moment where you go, hey, I might as well do it now because I ain't going to be able to do it in three, four months, so let's go ahead and do this thing, you know. Let's, let's go ahead and see what the hitters say because you don't really know what your stuff's doing until the hitters tell you. You can throw great bullpens. You can throw nasty what looks like nasty stuff but if the hitters are hitting the balls in the gap and over the fence then you got stuff to work on so uh yesterday that's the real that's the real test two days that's the real test of going out there and uh and putting it into action and seeing what the hitters think about it and it you know those kinds of things i've, I've done it twice now i did it against florida to the marlins and uh i guess miami now isn't it? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dating myself <laughs> um Miami, you know, the last three innings I pitched there, I, I kind of started changing angles a little bit, and I was having a blast doing it then, too. And I'm thinking, man, I should have been doing this for the last 15 years. What have I did? <laughs> so, uh, no, but, but pitching is still fun. Pitching is still exciting to me. The, the preparation is, is, is looking at those hitters' weaknesses and thinking sequences and how to get through those at-bats the third time through. I still love that stuff, man. So um, it's going to be I'm, – I'm still going to – uh, miss playing the game, but it is the right time. Adam, 
there are a lot of young players that when you were a young player, I'm sure that veterans were talking and they, they heard but probably didn't listen. And I'm sure there's young players that you talk to that, uh, you know, OK, they're hearing what I'm saying, but they're not really listening. I'm really glad. And I bet you are, too, that you listened to Jeff Supon. I know he was one of those guys that told you that, right? That, OK, make sure that when you're done, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And he took it to an extreme level, man. He went down and he was playing AAA when he was like, you know, almost 40 years old. I would not have done that. <laughs> people people asked me before, like, hey, what happens if you, you know, they they have to send you down? I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> if I get sent down, I get sent home to South Georgia, buddy. That's the only place I'm getting sent down to. So um, it's been a great, it's been a great run. I've had so much fun playing this game of baseball. I can't believe what a, what a great, tremendous blessing it is to play the, the game of baseball for a living for my whole career uh, in St. Louis. I mean, just, just furthers the, the blessing, right? So um, I, have, I have no regrets. Everything I did led me to where I'm at right now. Um, so looking back, would I change anything? I don't think I would change a single thing, you know, except for maybe some of my my uh, my work after starts. Maybe I'd spend a little more time in recovery maybe. But you know what? Like I said, everything that I did, everything that, that I pushed through, it all led me to right here and uh, into this moment where I'm, you know, I'm playing for a great organization 18 and a half years later. And still loving every day of it. So not much to look back and regret about. Wayno, couldn't help but notice on Monday on your start how much your teammates, you could tell how much they are wanting to go out there and play for you because of everything that you've done for this organization. How much have your teammates really lifted you up during this year? A ton, a ton. Especially last night I really felt it. Last night everybody wanted that. They wanted, they, they wanted 199 for me so bad. They just did. You know, I could feel it. And when I came out of the game, I believe the big sigh of relief would get out of a kind of a jam there in the, in the fifth inning. And, and I come into the dugout and, and uh, everybody's just beaming. You know, they've got these big smiles. They want to see me do it. And it's not, I'll tell you what, the, the really cool thing about it for me, it's not just my teammates. It's, it's players around the league uh, will reach out and go, dude, we're rooting for you, man. I'm, you know, praying for a win tonight or just excited for you to finish this thing strong. And, and I just had so many messages like that from, from guys across the league, uh, even after a bat, sometimes they're around in first, come back by, by, you know, back by me and just like, dude, bring it, you know, bring it home. Like, come on, you can finish this thing strong. Not, not necessarily against their team, but um, talking about careers and seasons. And it's just, um, you know, you bond with players, especially guys you play against or with for a long time. There's just a different level of bonding there. Um, that the, the baseball, the game of baseball itself is a big fraternity and, and a big family and, Sometimes you fight against other guys and the other teams, but uh, but but there's a lot of love from players around the league, and I've really really appreciated it. It's Wednesdays with Wayno Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. More coming up with Adam right after this. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three, four. Adam Wainwright with us Wednesdays with Wayno here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN and the Cardinals just finished Adam their last trip to Chicago for this season and for your career and as we talk about the twilight and heading down the stretch this coming weekend your last opportunity to see the Chicago Cubs yep yep yep. and I was hoping I was hoping so much that 200 was going to be against the Cubs I wanted that bad (laughs) I really did I really did but um and, and 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 leaving Wrigley the other day you know, it was that same at peace feeling. It was, it was, I know I'm coming back there, 
I know I'm going to go back there and watch games with my family. I know I'm going to go back there and hopefully maybe call a game or two broadcasting. Um, I know I'm just going to go back there uh, just to visit as a fan. I'm going to go have a hot dog and drink a beer in the stands. I'm just going to do it just because it's just it's baseball there. You know, that just feels like the game of baseball, and, and I love that place. But um, playing against the Cubs is, you know, it's been one of the best rivalries. It's been the best rivalry of, of my career, and it's just been a, a great thing to watch is from fan bases going against each other. And, you know, I'll be sad a little bit when it's all over and looking back, but I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm to the point now where I am such, I'm so much at peace. It's a really, it's a really cool place to be in my career to, to know that, that uh, I've had a good career. Um, things could have gone a little better sometimes, you know, dang, I wish I hadn't had a couple of injuries, but there's nothing I can do about that. You know, there's nothing I can, it's not like I can go back and go, all right, don't run hard out of the box or whatever. And you won't blow your Achilles out or don't, don't throw so many pitches and you won't blow your arm out. It's part of the game. It's part of playing the game of baseball. It happens. And I just know that when I, when I get done, I give you everything I had. I put everything out there. There's no, there's, there's, there shouldn't be any doubt in anybody's mind. There's definitely no doubt in my mind that I gave you every single thing I had. And so, you know, don't, don't be sad. I, I try not to remind myself, don't be sad. Just be glad you got to do it. You know, don't be sad about it leaving. Be glad you got the chance to do it in the first place. And it strikes me when you, when you say that in that answer, of all people to say this is why we need the DH in the National League, the last guy we should have been saying that about is Adam Wainwright leaving the, the box in, in Milwaukee, right? The, the, the last thing you wanted was a designated hitter in the National League. Oh, I, I still don't love it. I still, <laughs> I still am not a fan of it. I still think the game is better with, with more strategy and, and, and other things involved with when when hitters were when pitchers were taking their their hitting seriously, those last couple of years, pitchers completely got. I think I think they knew the DH was coming, and teams stopped pushing their guys to get better at it. You know, I used to be doing sliding practice and getting off the bases and doing base running drills and and bunting for for you know thirty forty five minutes and taking line drive swings to right field and pulling balls inside. We used to really work on our batting practice. In the last couple of years, we really got away from that, and it made it look even worse. And I. I don't know. If, I'm not so sure that wasn't a major league baseball going. Hey, tell your players to stop working. Your pitchers to stop working. All that. We really need to get rid of it. I don't know what happened, but um, teams stopped stopped taking it seriously, and so you saw results get really bad at, at hitter. And then pitchers. I'm not saying pitchers were ever, you know, silver slug, play every day type players, but it used to be a priority. They, there was there was a an emphasis put on practice and getting better at it. And the Cardinals really did that well for a long time. And we took pride in being the, the best hitting organization out there. Uh, and then to have it taken away, I just feel like I'm not as much of an athlete. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm a complete player like I once was. I, the best feeling in the world to me, Randy, was when I got done with a baseball game, pitching nine innings with clay on my uni from sliding on the bases. <laughs> that is, when I go back and look at the ninth inning of some of my games and I see clay on my pants, I know I was a, I was a baseball player that day. That made me feel special. Well, speaking of rules, there's a lot of discussions right now about the pitch clock and adding a few seconds during the playoffs. I know that you've talked to us about it before, about possibly extending the pitch clock. Do you still feel that way about it? Yeah, and, and listen, the the biggest rule, whether they extend the pitch clock or not, because it's not the the time is not a big, it's not a huge situation. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that at all. But the starting pitcher, or the reliever of the game, if there's nobody on base, the start, the pitcher needs to have a timeout or two. It's just ridiculous to me that the guy who's out there on the mound all the time can't call timeout with nobody on base 
when the hitter who comes up there for three pitches or whatever, sometimes a one pitch can call a timeout, you know, and that just doesn't make any sense to me. There's, there's about, there's probably three or four times in a game, maybe more where, where a pitcher needs to be able to step off and gather their thoughts and think about selection or whatever they, they just need some timeouts with nobody on. You know, with, with there's when there's people on base, you can you can step off and you can throw it to the base twice, three times if you can get them. But usually you're in maybe do it once, but maybe sometimes twice. But nobody on, it's still important. Those 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 seconds are counting down, and, and you're watching the clock. But really, you're thinking through the sequencing. All right, I got this guy, especially second, third time to the order. All right, I got this guy out this time, last time. All right, what am I thinking here? What's his reaction going to be? And sometimes that that just that just dwindles down on you. But also those times where a pitcher, let's say a pitcher gives up two or three two base hits in a row, the biggest the biggest advantage for a pitcher in those moments is to be able to step off and slow the momentum down of the other team. And I think that I think honestly that the, with Major League Baseball wanting more offense. That's what they're kind of driving. They don't want the pitcher to be able to slow that down just briefly. They don't want them to – they want more offense. They want more run score. They want more action. They want fans to see cool things. But for pitcher, from a pitcher standpoint, one of the best weapons we have is to be able to step off and slow down and make the hitter go on our terms. And uh, with the pitch clock, you're not able to do that. And so stopping those, those, uh, those run scoring innings where they put three, four hits together – that ball starts rolling. It's a little harder to stop that now. It really is, and and I'm still learning. You know, I missed spring training with the pitch clock. We didn't have it in the WBC, but I'm still learning how to master the pitch clock a little bit. Yesterday was I've, I've made 12 starts this season now. Yesterday was probably the first time all year that I felt in connection and in control of the pitch clock as opposed to it controlling my tempo. So that was a little bit of a learning curve for me, also. I mean, 18 years doing it one way, all of a sudden, hey, just learning. Just all of a sudden, we're going to be you're going to change the timing dramatically and you get no timeouts and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just a big change. You know, it really was bigger than I thought it was going to be. So it's just a learning curve. Hey, Adam, we're closing in on fantasy football season Friday, August 18th. People have the opportunity to get out to Bush Stadium, play catch on the field, and uh, hear from several of your teammates along with yourself as we get ready for the fantasy football season with Big League Impact. Yep, we've almost got six full leagues. Uh, of 12 already, we've got uh, myself and Tommy Edmond, uh, Stephen Matz, Drew Verhagen, Lars Nupar, Ryan Helsley all signed up to play in leagues with everyone. And and uh, we'd love to keep filling up leagues, man. I promise you this, if we keep filling up leagues, I'll keep finding players to join in with us. Um, I know some of our Blues hockey guys have uh, have have uh, expressed interest in getting in, too. So if you're a fan of the Cardinals, you're a fan of – of the, of the Blues, if you're a fan of fantasy football, we'd love you to join in with us at uh, at the field on August 18th and and uh, come come join in. We're gonna have a great time. We're gonna we're gonna play catch on the field. We're gonna you know get some instruction from our coaches on the field. We're gonna we're gonna have a great time hanging out, asking questions, and we're gonna uh, give out some autographs. And we're just gonna have a good time. We're gonna play a, a full fantasy season together. And I want to say thanks for uh, to Community America for sponsoring fantasy football this year. Community America has been such a great partner for us um, this year. But uh, and we also have our all-win campaign. So there's lots of different things going on. You can go to sign up for fantasy football. You can go to uh, bigleagueimpact.org/stlfantasyfootball and to, to see whatever else we could go. Just go to bigleagueimpact.org. We got all kinds of programs going on. We'd love to have as much interest 
uh, involvement as we can possibly get. Adam, you sound happy. It's great to to hear the smile on your face. I know you've got the family there, but to be back on the mound and feeling good, we're, we're thrilled about it and glad that you're happy and can't wait to see a pitch here in St. Louis again. All right, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Thanks, Adam. Adam Wainwright on 101 ESPN. He is just a treasure for St. Louis and the St. Louis Cardinals. And for us to talk to every week, it's just really cool to see. It was cool, Brooke, to see him back the other night and doing what he likes doing best, and that's competing. Yeah, and my biggest takeaway from talking to him, too, is just that it feels like, and he mentioned it over and over again, that he's at peace with where everything's at right now with him and his career and he's just reflecting on the time that he's had and taking in all these moments and it was great seeing the Diamondbacks also honor him last night before the game and a little donation to Big League Impact hey you can join me on Friday from noon to two at the Seiden Stricker Noby Partners tent sale happening at the St. Louis Premium Outlet Mall parking lot in Chesterfield it's the final weekend of their Sizzlin Summer Sales event featuring great savings and great financing available with an easy on the spot application process come out Talk to the John Deere sales professionals to find the best equipment for your property. It's Friday from noon to two with me at the Seiden Stricker Noby Partners tent sale in Chesterfield. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch with rock and roll here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It is time for Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. Matthew Rock EO, what do you got for us? Well, I, uh, <laughs> Carrie knows where I'm going to go with this one because I, I texted him last night about this, but I saw a clip come across uh, my feed yesterday from part of my take over at Barstool with uh, Big Cat and PMT and or PFT, I should say, and they were interviewing Ike Taylor, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Ike Taylor was talking about some of the wisdom that would get passed down because uh, uh, the coaches would allow the kids in the locker room a lot mm-hmm. uh, under the head coaches that he played for, and he just kind of broke down just some of the wisdom that would get passed down to specifically his son in that Steelers locker room. One thing I did like about, you know, Coach Cowell and Coach Tomlin, man, is just he let our sons run around in that locker room. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Which was huge because my son to this day, he's 12. Yeah. He still understands it and, and remembers what was going on. Like, hey, man, because my son played football. Like, why you be trying to run through these boys? He was like, Uncle James Harrison told me to take the soul. <laughs> That's a bad Yeah, yeah, yeah he was like, Uncle James yeah. Harrison told me to take the soul out of these kids. <laughs> Listen, and dead I need serious. you to take the soul out of these kids. And dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> Dead, people so was dead serious. Like, hey, man, come here. Come here, little Ivan. That's my son's name. Uh-huh. He'll come over there and be like, yes, sir. You play football? Uh, Yes, sir. You any good? Well, I'm just starting. When you hit them, make sure you take the soul out of them, okay? That's <laughs> so that, perfect. That's great. So James Harrison, just tell him like a little, like eight, six, seven, hey. eight-year-old kid, when you hit them, make sure you take the soul out of them. One thing I can tell you about Debo is he, he, he is going to be him authentically every single day. My son got a taste of that. We were when we were at our uh, reunion a few years back. My son was bouncing around. Hey, sit down. Sit. Stop moving. We were in his truck. He sit down. Quit moving. My son, was like, oh, I don't even know this person. Yeah, you might want to sit down. 
You don't do that in my car. You, <laughs> same rules apply. To Ike's credit and to Debo's credit, Ivan, Ike's son, is a four-star safety Dang. in high school. Wow. Going into his junior year now. I bet he takes the soul out of him too. He does. <laughs> he's a he's a very good uh, very good football player. So he listened, and when you listen, you got you got that. You have your father as a professional uh, professional football player. He's got friends, and and those are the conversations that you grow up having. You're you, you're on the right track. I love to take the soul out of him. Take I'm clipping that off, him. keeping that to whenever yeah. I have kids. Like here's some here's some advice from an NFL player. When you hit him, take the soul out of him. My kids now, my my players look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them there's nothing better than when you hit somebody. Let me send you that clip. You, <laughs> they just <laughs> you take the breath out of them. They'll get up. They've been training, but you hit them hard enough that they. <laughs> and then you tell them I'll be back. And you go do it again. No one ever tells you that there's a last time that you get your, you're going to get the wind knocked out of you playing sports. But well, I, I, for me, I, I, I haven't had the wind knocked out of me in like a decade at this point. And you wish you could go back to high school and play do. football at yeah. any moment. See? It's a bad feeling in the moment, but it makes you feel alive a little yeah, bit. feel alive. Nothing feels greater. One other thing we've been talking a lot about, obviously, these Cardinals trades and so on and so forth. And I just, uh, Before you oh, start, uh, Bob Nightingale reporting that the Rays and uh, White Sox are engaged in serious discussions about Lance Lynn going to Tampa. And according to Bob Nightingale, Lynn has informed the White Sox he will waive his no-trade clause to go to Tampa Bay. Hmm. And that makes sense. I feel like there's a lot of competitive. There's a lot of competitive, usually competitive teams on the no-trade list that he'd probably waive it for. Um, but I wanted to talk for a moment not about the pitching, just by the fact that that's going to be the big question. I was asking this in the break, which is the 2024 Cardinals as we see them, which is I guess without Dylan Carlson and with Tyler O'Neill, mm-hmm. is this going to be? a return to a plus defensive squad in 2024 with all the permutations of who's at catcher is Nolan Gorman going to have to be at the DH spot or at second base is Tommy Edmond going to have to pick up slack in the outfield again is Mason Wynn coming up all of those permutations are they going to be a plus defensive squad in 2024 based on how the roster looks right now depends on catcher if they're going to be plus Arnado's going to be plus Wynn is a plus defender Wynn is he's Trey Turner uh, defensively, okay. except he throws harder. Edmund at second, Goldie at first, and then O'Neill, Gold Glover in left, and then Lars Newtbar and Jordan Walker, who you would hope will improve in right field. If that's your group on a regular basis and those guys all play a lot, that is a plus defensive team. That's uh, a Gold Glover at first, a former Gold Glover, well, f- people who have won Gold Gloves at first base, second base, third base, left field, and then obviously with Newbar's abilities, the potential in center field, and then it all comes down to uh, who your regular catcher is. I, I would say that's a pretty good defensive team if Herrera's behind the plate. And if the in the 80 games where it's Contreras at catcher or Nolan Gorman at second base? Yeah, score eight runs a game. Yeah. Because right. then you have Nolan Gorman DH. Yep. Pretty good. And as we heard Sweet. from Al- as we heard from Alavila, the Cardinals are just going to have a gaggle of number two and three starters right. next year. So we'll see how that goes. And the Cardinals are going to have to come to grips with the fact that they don't have the the shift anymore to fall back on. They're yes. going to have to rely on physical ability and and going back and and starting from ground zero in terms of fundamentals. And they'll have uh, another yeah. season too to get acclimated to all these rules. Well, they, and they won't have they put the, the uh, rules in place, Randy. Uh, they just did that. That first was like right at the end of spring training, I think. So, Right at the end of spring yeah, training, when the when rules they, went into place, yeah, so the, they didn't get much time to prepare for it. I, I asked about 
the rules changes last year in the end of season press conference, yeah. and I was I was told by John Mosey, like, well, we'll just see how the rules okay. really affect the game. But before no, they'll we... have a whole other season. That's part yeah. of the game plan. And they have a Brooke, whole other season and, to get acclimated to. And the no winter rules. baseball classic. World there baseball you, class. There you oh go. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes, you're all, right. Yeah. All of our excuses, we're we're, we're, we're out, they're out of the window. Now. I got it right now. What is it? Construction on Roger Dean Stadium. Uh, Jeez. Gosh, no, don't yep. say that. Yeah, so it's already built mm. in. One other thing. So, John Mozeliak already said they have to change their pitching philosophy. Uh-huh. Uh, in the 2020 clip, we heard him say that they had to change how they were ranking their prospects yes. and that philosophy. Uh-huh. And. In 2021, they fire a coach because of philosophical differences. Mm -hmm. Is there any more proof we need that the Cardinals' philosophy, as it's been here since Mosella got here, is broken and needs to be completely rethought? I think they've even admitted that they need to change the model. No, it it absolutely needs to be rethought, revamped, and a new system needs to be put into place because most of baseball has passed the Cardinals the way they were up. And step one of putting a new system in place Spend big money on a swing and miss pitcher. Well, what do we say about people that have issues? The first step is admitting that you have a problem. Do you think the Cardinals have admitted that? No. Let's admit we have a problem. Kind of. Let's do an intervention. Okay. Intervention. Yeah, see if they're yeah they've admitted they have a problem, but inviting are, to are they accepting an intervention? That's that's a better um, that's a better question. They've admitted they have a problem, the, the but will inter- they accept the help? Well, yeah. no, the intervention is just a ah, we're here and yeah. you're here and uh, we and tell you all your problems. Good friends, yeah. we're going to be good. <laughs> we're, we're good friends, and we're we're here to help Mo and Gersh. Uh, so uh, we, we don't want to attack you. We just want to help you. Yeah, have a com- conversation. Yeah, we're going to converse. Yeah, Let's about some it. things that could be better. Yeah. Let's Problem plan this. Uh, so three us and three million people just bah, bah. and then that's and that gets <laughs> yeah, no, this okay. is gonna be more interesting than that. <laughs> oh, okay. A great job by producer and audio engineer, the one the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Hey, why by why the way, by the way, why don't I learn how to talk since I'm a broadcaster? Why didn't you set up Wainwright Live? Uh, it's because I, I lack integrity and I enjoy I really mm. enjoy lying and duping the fans. Mm. Good job of it. <laughs> uh, Brooke, this was fun. Yeah. I, I suggested that we put like a picture or we, you know, had Wayno somewhere in the cardboard cutout. Cardboard yeah, exactly. Or mm. you know, you just like Photoshop him in a oh, photo yeah. of uh-huh. all of us. That'd be good. Where it looked like he was talking uh-huh. to us. Yeah. yeah. We, really, we really need holograms. Uh, Terry, <laughs> I, I'm dealing with some pain. How, what's wrong? You got a you, you got a bad back? Yeah. How long have you been dealing with that? About a week back. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's Carrie Davis. That's Brooke Grimsley. I'm Randy Carricker. Thank you very much for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great hump day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.